This week in league, Glenn returns from Fiji. It turns out Lottie was hiding on the wing at Leichhardt all along. The Broncos announced the signing of a true giant of the game, Luke Capel. The Panthers rethink their policy of paying their ground announcers in Woodstock, Bourbon. And we'll preview all of the action for round 21 of NRL season 2011. All that and more, this week in league. Welcome to episode number 58 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Welcome back. Bula. <laughs> oh, you picked up the lingo. <laughs> Carver. I'm fluent. Carver. <laughs> Grass skirt. Lottie Takiri. <laughs> Uate. It's I actually Uate Pate is the official Fijian name. <laughs> he shortened it. He shortened it down. Because uh, it people down. like Rab struggle with uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Um, so I guess the, that was the first thing I had on my list was how was Fiji? It was great. Very uh, very much needed. Very relaxing holiday. How was the serenity? It was it was freaking <laughs> awesome. I got a massage and purely... Uh, happy ending? <laughs> certainly no happy endings, mate. I'm a married man. I don't do those sorts of things. Um, PG rated massage for 50 bucks Fijian. Which is? Roughly thirty five bucks. Oh, okay, so we're not that we don't smash them that badly no, on the exchange. It's like a dollar seventy. Okay, so so I don't know exactly, but yeah, it was roughly about that. Anyway, you go in there, and you've got an old duck that just starts massaging your feet, and then another not quite as old a duck that uh, starts on your shoulders and your neck and your head and your ears and your eyelids and your top lip. It's kind of a bit weird in some places, but anyway, the old duck's got hands like stone. She could snap your leg in two between yeah. her thumb and forefinger, I reckon. Just just a rock, just hands like rocks. Couldn't believe it. So they, you know, start massaging you. Then you go in, you lay on the bed, and they massage you like, like a conventional sort of massage then. And then this goes on for an hour and a half. Yeah. For 35 bucks. Yeah. And then at the end, they just... Cover you over in towels and stuff, and then just leave you like behind your curtain in your little cubicle thing laying on the bed. Yeah. And say, so You sleep now. And I passed out like a fucking corpse That's for 40 you... minutes, man. Yeah, see, I can't believe it's only 40 minutes because I mean, after massage, usually it's like you're like, you, you you're fucked like you've had a massive workout. Yeah, true. And but... admittedly, I mean, I could usually my massages have happy endings, so it's like <laughs> the workout involved. But. Um... <laughs> But no, when we when we were in um, uh, Malaysia, uh, what would have been, oh, I think two thousand eight. Now, yeah, we had the the like, yeah, we both we were both set up on these table on the tables next to each other, and there's like the full massage thing, like you're saying. But then there was also, did you have the one with like the hot oil, like where they, it's like some like third eye, Ayurvedic nah. massage, where it's like they sort of pour like hot oil like on your. I can you, see you've still your, got a mark there on your third eye. I thought that was where you had your penis chakra removed. chakra thing, and then. <laughs> And then yeah, and then we had then we got at the end instead of um then we had like a steam thing at the end where they actually had these machines that were kind of like they're like Daleks except you know with the head part freezing you sit in it like a chair it opens up and there's a chair and you sit in it and it closes around you nice. and it's like steam thing so fucking hot like you basically stay in there as long as you can physically bear, bear it, it and yeah. yeah which wasn't that long like like seriously it wasn't even it probably wouldn't have been fifteen minutes it was that bad and um then you get out, you feel great obviously after you get out but yeah then you exactly you pass out. Very relaxing. A lot of time was spent 
on the beach in the pool, <clears throat> chilling out. Took Jackson kayaking. He had a couple of blow-ups because obviously he was sitting in front of me on the kayak, so yeah. I'd paddle. Yeah. And I'd pull the paddle out of the water to paddle right. on the other side. Yeah. The water would come down the paddle and hit him in the head. Yeah. And like he blew up to the point where he was ready to like stand up and get out of the kayak. <laughs> which <laughs> out, means out in the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I was just in the river, but yeah. it still wouldn't have been he had a life jacket on, but yeah. it still would have been pretty ending pretty badly for him. That would have be been pretty funny if he did it though, because I mean with a life jacket, nothing would have happened really. He's like, no, Dad, stop it. Stop it, Dad. <laughs> like, Dude, I can't help it. So I pushed him like pushed him overboard and yeah. just kept no I didn't I pushed him a little bit forward so the water wouldn't hit him but geez we're, we're in trouble there it's going to be little man overboard but great holiday lovely place lovely people uh, the resort was fantastic didn't get any didn't get to see Lottie a bit disappointed and his brothers spent all that money on search party everyone's his cousin but yeah spoke to three different people that's that as far as the family tree as you got sorry so you got basically the bottom branch of the family tree yeah yep Apparently, uh, some guys that we we met up with over there um, on the drive from the airport to to the resort, their um, their driver pointed out a house that was Lottie Takiri's house along the way. Okay, I'm not sure if Lottie'd be overly impressed with that. But <laughs> I'm trying, I, I wonder if Lottie knows that's his house. Yeah, I, I think that might be a bit like the um, the Hollywood tours where they take you around. That could be anybody's house, but they'll tell you it's such and such's. Exactly. But uh, everyone's Lottie's cousin and everyone is Uate's cousin. Why not? No one's Jared Haynes' cousin though, right? Yeah, they, they don't like to speak about Jared Haynes. <laughs> they they, look, they don't shy away from the fact that he's Fijian, but yeah. not exactly proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have I got on the list here? Oh, last Friday, shout out to uh, MMA Dave Mack on Twitter. Hooked me up some sweet seats at this, at this MMA event that he was a ring announcer for. Thanks for uh, the underground, underground, underground uh, cage fighting MMA. Um, walked in there, uh, said that the seat, basically the tickets that, that I was allocated were like kind of standing sort of near the bar, which given that it was at the arena in the valley, it was like, you know, 10 metres, if that, from the cage, like pretty close. Would have been like eighth row maybe if you're at actually at like you know a, an arena event mm -hmm. and then he came then he came and um and met me we had a chat and he's like look i'm trying to get your seats uh you know with the uh announcers table but you know they didn't have any extra chairs so got, i don't know if you've been in an arena before like for a concert or anything but um they had there's these little sort of little stairs going up like sort of 15 stairs and then a little area with like small like smaller than this room mm -hmm. with like a little cage and there were like five seats in there i sat in there it's like looking straight down into the nice. thing like oh fuck it's fucking sweet but um it's good organization i mean they're only you know they haven't been going that long but um like the way that the things they do is as far as like production value and stuff is really good and um, I'm going to be supporting them for every show that they do and, it looks like, and, they, and they're going to aim to be at the arena every eight weeks-ish sure. so I'll be at every single one of those and you'll be as well invite. well I'll invite you really? you can come with me sweet because it's, it's cheap man, for tickets it's like, they start at like 45 bucks I mean so like you can afford to go so every if I time. pulled out my wallet yeah I, could not, I wouldn't have to sit next to you would I? no Cool. No, and in fact, I'd money I'd, well I'd, spent. I'd, I'd, I'd discourage it. Um, <clears throat> next thing, uh, final T-shirt designs are here. You've seen them. I have. Uh, when, when did I send it? It was in last week, wasn't it? Yeah, probably like Thursday. Yeah, well, Wednesday, obviously Thursday. the day I got back from. Was the day you got so. back? Yep. So they're going to be made, and that means the competition will be closing soon. So I'll talk about it more at the end. But uh, get to bitly bit dot ly forward slash twill comp t w i l c o m p for details of the competition and NFAS because uh, it's about to shut and we're about to uh, 
decide who the winner's going to be. Anything else on the housekeeping front? Uh, I've got nothing other than to say last episode was one of the best ever. It was great. Very well put together. Great contribution from listeners and who could forget Choppy? What a great, exactly. I, I, I what a say, great addition to the I, show. I, 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 dare, I dare say it was like it was like mediocre, 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 garbs, mediocre, mediocre, choppy, mediocre, mediocre. <laughs> Jeez, that's a bit rough. <laughs> Wrapping garbs up. I, yeah. I have to I actually I have to listen to the entire thing and it's in it, it, it I mean I obviously listened to various bits a lot of times in the yeah. actual production phase but I was fucked <laughs> like it was running so late anyway yeah, it's like, a massive effort it was a couple of hours late anyway so I was like fuck I'm not listening to the whole thing I have, so hopefully there were no you know fuck ups in the editing but um oh, it was heaps I don't want to mention it but it was still a massive effort and um you know it was a good um it was good to have the listeners call in and get their contribution to the show something we we should be doing more of and oh, now in that fact, we've we sort are, of done it the first time yeah and in fact and that's the announcement we we will be um we'll announce it now may as well um we'll be setting up a uh a voicemail it'll be on Skype it'll be um the the Skype name will be this week in league you know how we came to that name i guess you'll never know um <laughs> it's ingenious exactly um and we'll set the voicemail up so basically uh some of the guys who sent things in for the last episode that was my personal one we're going to open it up now though so that people can send stuff in you know anytime and so as I need the personal one for business I can't have you know Gronk slash listeners ringing me at all hours Kyle <laughs> Kyle um, so uh, we'll make one uh, for the, the Skype um, the Skype account will be this week in league it's already there but we'll be setting up the voicemail by the time you're listening to this the voicemail will be set up and so after games I mean um, if you don't want to you know drop something in Twitter call up on Skype um, there's voicemail set up. You'll be able to drop, you know, drop a short, a short rant or a short message. You know, try and keep it to a minute, guys. You know, I mean, let's not have war and peace here. But um, if, it's, if it's too long, it's not going to make the show. So. Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, well, what we'll be doing is, yeah, we'll be putting you on the show uh, in a new segment from this week on. I look forward to it. We've got some creative listeners. <laughs> Very creative, as and, evidenced by the last batch. And Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> And the first story, it's a multi-part story based on player movements. We're coming to the end, I think, of that sort of silly season of um, you know, everyone figuring out where they're going to be next year, but we've got a couple this week, and the biggest name on the list is Petro Sivanasiva. Penrith captain Petro Sivanasiva is rejoining the Brisbane Broncos after securing a release from the final year of his NRL contract with the Panthers. The 35-year-old Test and Queensland Origin prop has signed a one-year deal with the Broncos for 2012, likely seeing out his playing career with the club where it started under Wayne Bennett and where he won two premierships. Sivanasiva met with Penrith's general manager Phil Gould last week and indicated his desire to return home to Brisbane to be with his family. In today's press conference, Simon Siva said the decision had nothing to do with the treatment afforded standing coach Steve Georgialis, who was shunted aside when the Panthers signed Ivan Cleary from the Warriors. Bullshit. The veteran prop is in his fourth season at the Panthers, having switched from the Broncos after the 2007 season following 10 seasons with them. The move back to Brisbane had been speculated over the last few weeks and was confirmed this morning. Gould said in a statement, The Panthers understand the reason behind Petro's decision and feel it would be unwise to stand in his way. Petro has been tremendous for the Panthers. He's given great service to the club, the community, not to mention outstanding leadership to our team. His influence at Penrith will be evident long after he's gone. And uh, as you alluded to, Bullshit. Petro was one of the guys that stuck his head out head out when uh when Elliot he was, was the giving his, guy giving his marching orders. 
he was very pro Elliot and then pro George Arles and uh, was kind of uh, vocal in that the players wanted Elliot to see out his time, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would have a feeling that that's put Phil Gould offside and uh, it's worked out well for both of them that he no longer be there. Well, I guess so. Uh, with the exception of Luke Lewis, I don't know where the leadership comes from that the Pecho brings to the team. And who shows up their um, voluntary training sessions next year? Yeah, yeah. There's only one player, and I, you know, but I wouldn't, the, yeah. I wouldn't mind a couple of grand on who that might have been. Yeah, could have been Luke Lewis though too. Sorry, could have been Luke Lewis. No, there's no <laughs> way it wasn't Petro as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like Petro. Obviously, um, you know, use a Queenslander like Petro might move back next door. I mean, if he, yeah, I mean, if he if he got his old house, it would be great because I mean, you know, Kiwis and stuff in there. And, you, know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> neighborhood's gone downhill since he left. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think the Panthers, you know, Petro gets probably what he, what he would like. To, and, and what is dear to his heart, even though during his time at the at the Panthers, he was every bit the professional. He would never really say that he longed for a bit of a swan song at, at the Broncos, but it sort of works out well for him. But there's a serious void as far as Penrith, certainly with their props. Yeah, I mean they've lost. Um, that's 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 two champion props they've lost now in this this uh, season of uh, trade already. Well, the Tigers have got Bell for next season. Well, Matthew these, Bell. yeah, well, these got. I mean, Penrith, Penrith have lost Dane Laurie and Petro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were having a dig at the Tigers no. signing, Ma- and then no, then you, no, yeah, no, no, I, nice. I wasn't, I was not, I nice. was, I was, well, in, in, indirectly, I mean, because you know the Tigers did spawn that abomination on the world. Well, they did, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. They realised the area of their ways pretty quickly, though. Yeah, look, I don't have an issue with with Petro. Wanting to take you know take that swan song at, at Brisbane, I just I fear for Penrith as far as where that leadership and and that direction f- through the forwards is going to come from with Petro gone because it's certainly not going to come from their younger props during the time that you know when Petro's been out. I'm not sure they've really covered themselves in glory the way they've stood up for the team. So no, no. But I think it's I think it's 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 an interesting story the way they sort of go oh you know it's great you know Broncos are like hooray you know we managed to get Petro home and Petro's like yeah I get to go home because you know my family blah 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 everyone forgets the way he was treated when he left but yeah yeah exactly he did he never had to leave in the first place Bruno Wayne um, <laughs> but yeah I mean it's you know good for him I think Petro's the biggest winner out of this deal oh definitely no doubt about that um, you know he's definitely coming to the end of his career, um, but, you know, I think he'll provide some value to the Broncos. Certainly. So what props are on the market for next season now? For Penrith to try and replace that? Fuck, I know. Adam Blair's off. He's well, the, he's the, he's the only, mean, they would I have mean, thrown all sorts of money at him. He's the only dude with big enough feet to fill the big shoes that Petro leaves at Penrith. Exactly right. I mean... How many peas would yeah, have in that be taking a massive step up for getting rid of Petro Sivanasiva and signing Adam Blair, but, you know... Means nothing. No one, the no one does, the does, the does have to bring does have to bring someone up. Or re-sign Dane Laurie. Or re-sign Dane Laurie. Although here he might be going to Newcastle, and I can't imagine that the same Wayne Bennett who let Jason Rolls go for being mentally weak and in tough situations and just generally loose altogether would even contemplate the signing of fucking someone like Dane Laurie. Maybe Wayne <laughs> sees an opportunity. You know, look at what he's done with Fluffy. Yeah, well, that's the yeah, way. Madam, what he could do with Shaggy. Well, that's this is the thing. This, this, it, it could be 
the defining moment of his coaching career. Maybe he doesn't have to take the helm of an entire team like Cronulla. Maybe Could he can just take a, much like the like... single person, like the one-man Cronulla that is Dane Laurie. Exactly. Absolutely massive. Like <laughs> and, a microcosm of Cronulla. Yeah, exactly. He's like a mobile vortex. Imagine if Dane Laurie is, is the Trent Merrin of, of 2012. Just <laughs> bolter for New South Wales origin or wherever he's from. God, I hope Mars. Not. <laughs> God, I hope not. That'll be seven in a row. That's probably... <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the crowning moment of Wayne Bennett's coaching career if he makes a regular uh, level-headed first gator out of Dane Laurie. I agree. I mean, it's not about he... Dane Laurie. It's about Petro Sivanasiva. Exactly. He's a great man. He deserves to play out his career wherever the hell he wants, and he wants to get home to Brisbane, and good luck to him. Danny Baderis. The Knights are compiling a hit list of up to five players from rival clubs who could be used as a potential trade to bring Danny Baderis home from England with a swan song season. Baderis is tied to Super League club Leeds, but wants out of the final year of his contract to finish his career in Newcastle under Wayne Bennett. But Leeds are playing hardball with the 33-year-old hooker and seeking some form of compensation before they'll offer him a release. A transfer fee of $150,000 has been talked about, but Leeds officials have also indicated they would look favourably on a release if a replacement player of similar ilk to Baderis was offered to them in his, in his place. Knights Chief Executive, <laughs> name only, Matt Gidley, said yesterday the club was attempting to put a list of potential candidates together. We're currently talking to player managers to find out if they have any players on their books who fit the bill and would be interested. So by Wednesday or Thursday, we hope to have as many as five players we can present to Leeds after the managers get back to us. It's obviously not that easy, given busy status in the game, to get someone with a similar profile who's willing to sign over there, but we're doing all we can. I've just... So they're looking for a former Knights... Hooker and captain to that's been washed up for a number of years. Joey Johns played a bit of hooker, yeah. Former captain, well, yeah. I mean, I I had a the the thought played that, as much first grade as Badiris has the, the last thought, couple of seasons. The thought that I had as I was reading, I kind of I kind of paused in the middle of it because I just I had the light went off above my head and I and I realised I'd got the solution. Matt Orford. <laughs> <laughs> Canberra won't care. They'll be like, take him. <laughs> and uh, and you know, this is this is a, a guy who's you know, one of Dalian blah blah. I mean, you have to say he's a you know when you're talking about of similar stature. All due respect, I guess is Leeds like one big Amish community? They don't have yeah. TVs yeah. or the internet. Well, this is the thing. I mean, it, they they don't know who Matt Orford is. Mate. I'd say I'd say that I'd I'd say they I'd say they don't have the internet or TVs because. Clearly, Newcastle aren't seeing that Baderis has been over in England for a little while, playing the English game. He's 33 years old. I mean, I can see Tinkler's trying to win the hearts and minds by bringing the old boys back into the fold. Oh, and I but, think Wayne Bennett's played a part. I, I can yeah. see Baderis playing the Luke Prittis role that, uh, that maybe, he fielded at the, you know, at it's the a, Dragons. It's a bit of a gamble, considering Leeds are absolutely fucked this year too. So you can't be showing too much in the actual week-to-week play. They do play rugby league in England, though. There's not a lot of quality coming out of there. Yeah, and Leeds are like, you know, a poor side this year. They're mm. like the eastern suburbs <laughs> of the season, getting beaten by everyone, beaten by all the crap teams like Bradford. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Threw that one in there, yeah. bit of depth charge. That's nice. <laughs> I like that. Flashbang, opened the door, <laughs> tossed it in. Wait for our little uh, pommy brethren to uh, start on. kicking our doors down and leaving a message on our Skype account. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't have anything much else to say about that one. I don't really care, to be honest. Yeah, it's not going to make a lick of difference as far as I'm concerned. But if if the Knights are that desperate that they want to try and <laughs> compile a shortlist of five players to to procure 
Danny Badiris, then good luck to him. I think they've got bigger issues on their hands. And given that they got Darius Boyd, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I would have thought they would be happy just to stick Kirk Gidley in there anyway and be done with it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's one of the players they're going to offload. <laughs> maybe they'll offer him for Badiris as a trade. Therefore, invalidating him for state of origin, and <laughs> I look forward to Kurt Gidley captaining from the bench for the Exiles game. Exactly, and uh, more importantly, New South Wales winning because he won't be anywhere near them. Um, Luke Capewell, Brisbane Broncos, have signed Gold Coast Titans utility Luke Capewell on a one-year deal for 2012. Capewell spent much of the season playing in the Queensland Cup, but featured prominently in the Titans' loss to the North Queensland Cowboys on Saturday night, making 158 metres from 18 runs. Broncos head coach Anthony Griffin said Capewell wasn't targeted to fill a specific role, but would be given plenty of opportunities to impress at the club. This is a quote coming from Griffin. Luke is an elite young player. He's played over 30 NRL games and only turned 22 this year. He can play anywhere from halfback to fullback, so he can certainly fill plenty of positions for us. The 22-year-old made his NRL debut for South Sydney Rabbitohs in 2008, playing with the club until he's moved to the Titans for the start of this season. He will remain at Gold Coast until the end of the 2011 season. He's played a bit of six at Titans, hasn't he? He started at six, so what played a bit of fullback. Me? What are you telling me? Is that the Brisbane Broncos? Are going to repla- potentially <laughs> replace Darren, the immortal, the great man, the legend, the champion of the people, possibly the greatest player ever, probably the greatest player ever, with Luke Capel? No. <laughs> no, that's not happening because the key part of that of that of the the story was that Anthony Griffin said Capewell wasn't targeted to fill a specific role, which means he's just total filler. Well, you know when they have the baby Broncos, he's one of them. <laughs> he he'll be he'll be the Clayton's Broncos player, the Broncos player the when you don't of, really have any Broncos players to choose from. I hope for the sake of the the loyal listeners to this show that happen to support the Brisbane Broncos, not to mention my son. I hope for their sake that that is the case because they've had 17 seasons of watching Darren Lockyer run around for the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, but Jackson's A number of those have been in the sixth jersey. and uh, Jackson's only had like two, three quarters of a season so far. He'll know the fucking difference between Darren Lockyer and Luke Capel. Let's say that. All right, let me, <laughs> let me, let me put it to you like this. Next year, number six runs out for the Broncos. Luke Capewell. Dad, dad, dad. That's Lukey. <laughs> There's Lukey, Dad. Dad, I love Lukey. <laughs> See, it's not a very, fu- it's not a big stretch, is it? <laughs> Look, by the time that comes out of his mouth, we'll be well on the way to having another child. Who we raised right as a tiger supporter? Sorry, who we raised correctly as a tiger supporter? I should hope. Well, I mean that that's potentially going to be the case, but sometimes these things don't work out the way you want them to, Nate. You know that. I'll tell you this, by my experience. <laughs> by your experience, I'll tell you what. I know he went wrong though, and I, and I and I got the medicine. I don't know if it's too late now. Probably too late for you, but uh, Simone brought home from work the other week, um, like a one of those net bags of those chocolate coins mm-hmm. and like silver coins with silver foil around them with manly logos on them. What? It's on Friday when it's Daddy Sunday. I whip one of those out, and he runs up. Manly money. Manly, and I pull the pull the foil off it, oh. and it's chocolate. Fucking amazing brainwashing tool. I mean, he didn't need it anyway because let's face it, he knew he knew what manly was, and he got he knew it was something that he was you know to get excited about, you know about anyway. But now chocolate is also added in the equation, and it becomes like a treat. Game Dear over. God. Game over. If you could have got, and you can get him in all sorts of clubs. So 
That's 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 my parent advice for this episode. It's not going to become a regular segment. I hope. <laughs> parent parenting one hundred and one. Fathers of sons who are in the vicinity of sort of two years old and could be on the cusp of change. You know, ditching the side for you know the side that they gronk friends support. <laughs> Manly money. <laughs> exactly. Just go go down the shop, find the money with the foil. You know, the foil coins. There's Lukey, Dad. There's Lukey. <laughs> if I ever hear those words uttered. When he's coming over next, I might, actually, I might coach him for it because I'd like it to be hilarious. Um, but yeah, Luke Catewell going to the Broncos. LOL. Yeah. R-O-F-L-M-A-O. Next story. <laughs> <laughs> the Gronkitis plague that spreads out Penrith Way. The Sea Eagles were angry at comments ground announcer Scott McRae made during their side's 12-8 win at Sanibet Stadium. Manly management lodged an official complaint against McRae with the Sea Eagles officials filthy at his perceived bias against their side. Senior Manly official Peter Peters approached NRL Director of Football Operations Nathan McGurk after the match to lodge a formal complaint about the former television star's behaviour. Peters also spoke at length with Panthers' cho- Chairman Don Feltus McGurk will launch an investigation, and the investigation. I love happened. that name, McGurk. It's just, yeah, it's McGurk. Just, exactly. It's horrible. Anyway, McRae, he was on uh, the soap opera E Street, popular in the late eighties. Now I remember E Street, like, but I, but I, I don't remember anyone that was on it. What? Or was that Melissa Couts? Chick was on it, wasn't she? I think she was the on read it. Read my lips, one. And uh, Marcus Graham. Oh, okay, he was on it. He was Wheels. So there were real actors at some point. And on there. Um, who else was on it? There was someone else. I have no idea. I never watched the show. Harley? Well, who was Harley who, was on there. Who's who's Scott McRae? And Sheridan. There was a woman named Sheridan. Fucking hell! You bring him back. Who was who was Scott McRae? No idea whatsoever. Let's Google him. Well, oh, clearly he's he's kicked on with his acting career because then he hosted a children's game show called Vidiot, which I also don't recall. No, nah, don't know um, that one. And now he's the grand announcer at Penrith. So, uh, kick and goal, son. It's a slippery slope from the East Street, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, now, Manly claim when New South Wales State of Origin and star... And doing will, it whilst intoxicated by the sound of it. Yes. Uh, when New South Wales State of Origin star Will Hopawati dropped the pass, McRae yelled, typical hopper, like father, like son. Um, Peter yeah, Peters said it was the most unsporting ground announcing he's heard in 45 years of rugby league. Who said that, Peter Peters? Disgraceful Zorbia. Uh, he's made an official complaint to the Penrith Club. And as far as I know, he... I think he got in trouble, but nothing really came out of it. So that's the end of that. That matters over by the time you're listening to this. It's kind of funny, though. Um, but apparently um, the, the article then goes on to talk about Grand Announcers basically being one of the scourges of the NRL at the moment with their constant yelling and screaming, annoying and angering the NRL crowds who hate being told when they should be cheering and shit like that. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had a great... You know, I've ever walked away from... a your game and going, geez, that ground announcer was great. No, I've ne- never, ever, ever. I mean, you might go away not thinking about them, yeah, and that's, that's the best probably, case that's scenario. That's the best they can hope for. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a good position for them to be in. Yeah. But I have been to Penrith uh, a number of times, obviously, when I was a bit younger. And I have When Scott McRae from... was still plying his tray on telev- yeah, television. Yeah, probably, when he was still, you know... Being an actor and trying stuff. Trying to win a Logie. Yeah. <laughs> and I do remember, look, there's a bit of a history there at Penrith because I remember walking away from there a few times when I was much, much younger and um, and thinking, that crown announcer was a bit of a douchebag. I haven't heard anyone <laughs> carry on quite like that before. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bit of a history of it at Penrith. Maybe they're, maybe there's douchebag coaching where everyone has a few shots before they start announcing ridiculous things over a microphone. Maybe it's just out in the water that way. Sorry? Maybe just out that way it's in the water. Maybe. Maybe it's in the water at the Ackle Golf Park at Panthers. Maybe, maybe. Maybe too many drinks whilst playing the pokies. 
the only before announcing I've, the game. The only grand announcer I've ever walked away and thought and remembered Grant Goldman, the great, oh, the great man. Someone Beaver. That was the the oh, best ground announcing of all time. And that's not biased, is it? No, I mean it's just so Beaver. And then I remember at um in two thousand and eight at the what was the final? The home final was against the Dragons um, at Brookvale, and that was so that was definitely like Menzies' last game at Brookvale. And um and right at the end of the game, he just got, he, he said he says I remember he said like he goes he's oh one more time one more time for the memories. Beaver, <laughs> and this is after full time. He didn't even have the ball or anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's goals. not hard to get ground announcing right. No, you know, announce who scores, tries, and the kicks one, the goals. And the one, the one who's currently at the, the Brookfield games, he's fucked too. And people always complain. I mean, I don't know if anyone really likes any of the current crop. Um, of course, Suncorp's not too bad. But that's more of yeah, a... Yeah, but they don't... They, they're not... The reason why he's not too bad is because they're not that intrusive. It's not... I don't remember him being intrusive. When you get the Nova guys out on the ground, sometimes they can be a bit... Yeah, but they I mean, they, I don't... Yeah, the, all the one... At, from As far as I can remember, the, the one at Suncorp, all he really does is just sort of, you know, announce the players as they come out and mm. announce substitutions, like such and such is off. Like, and, you know, the score, he doesn't really add any extra shit to it, does well, he? that's the thing. That's, that's why I think he's good. Yeah, exactly. Unobtrusive. That's what you need. Exactly right. Drunk ground announcing. We don't like it. Australia says no. Recaps. First game, Friday night football. <laughs> Vuvuzela of the year. What? Canterbury Bulldogs, eight. Defeated the Parramatta Eels, seven. An officially verified Vuvuzel, this one. Terrible game, especially for Friday night showcase a game. A couple of those this weekend. Well, this is the, by far the, the main example. Well, feature Parramatta, what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, they do tend to bring teams down to their level, um, much like the, the Knights tend to be involved in these a lot as well. Um, obviously, this one's partially attributable to the terrible weather, of course, but it was still a poor game nonetheless. First try, I went to the Doggies in the 28th minute of the game. Trent Hodkinson putting the Nottam and Josh Reynolds in for a 6-0 lead. Scoreline remained unchanged, and it was 6-0 at halftime. Second half, saw the Eels get back into the game through a 49th minute try to none other than Jared Hayne with a long-range intercept. Bert added the extras, and we were tied at six. Despite a mountain of opportunity, Opportunities. The Eels couldn't crack the Doggies' defence, but they did grab the lead through a field goal from Hayne with only five minutes left to play. Game wasn't over yet. With two minutes left, Trent Hodkinson nailed a field goal and were tied at seven and heading to Golden Point. First half featured the usual goal-a-thon, field goal-a-thon, sorry, for no result. And in the second half, it was Trent Hodkinson again with the field goal to steal an 8-7 win for the Doggies. There were some positives to come out of this for the Dogs. And the Ottoman. for their fans. Sorry? The Ottoman. The Ottoman making an appearance is obviously the, the biggest positive for, for anyone who enjoys life. Not just an appearance, though. I mean, you fucking smash, Fooey. That was great. That was the sort of shit we've been spruiking for two it's, years. He showed a small glimpse. Exactly. A small three-foot glimpse. He basically just showed a bit of cleavage. He's he not going to get his tits out till next week. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and, then, and then maybe if he gets them into the finals, you know, he might show some bush. You think? Yeah. <laughs> He'd be waxed for sure, wouldn't he? The Ottoman. <laughs> Metaphorically like, speaking. He'd be hardcore. <laughs> Positives for the dogs, it was Jimmy Dimmick's first win. Their defence, despite Parramatta not throwing everything but the kitchen sink at them, they, they had a lot of sets of six, but it wasn't exactly yeah. Challenging. the sharpest, crisp, yep. most enterprising attacking play that you've ever seen. Having said that, they defended quite well. 
And only conceded the try off the um the intercept too, so Yeah. Um and Hodkinson's field goals to to A tie the game up and B eventually win it. Negatives was everything else about this game. Yep. Fucking horrible game. Yep. On so many levels. The weather was shit. And actually in the crowd, crowd was the, shit. Well the, the crowd wasn't I mean the crowd was still fifteen thousand and given the weather, I mean, yeah, I've seen worse. I mean Cronulla get that get get worse than that on a sunny day. Well, you got to, you make a valid point there. It was still cavernous, though. Yeah, well, in that in that stadium, fifteen thousand, you know, may as well be three. Yeah. I just wonder if the Eels fans are looking at Robson and the way that he played, and and we've had rants from our little friend Paraman nineteen seventy three, which will appear on later on this episode. <laughs> yeah, certainly, it's quite entertaining. If they're looking at him and and going, in in any part of them, is thinking that Sandow is going to bring a market improvement. Well, in attack, I imagine he will. You really think so? Yeah, at least <laughs> at least in one out of four games. I just maybe two out of four. I think that Sandow is a step up from Robson. I just think compared, he's, he's a step back in defence, though. I tell you, absolutely. I just they're paying him big bucks. Yeah, compared to what they're paying Robson. So with Robson, you say you're getting what you pay for. Yep. Pay peanuts, get Robsons. Yep. But pay big bucks, get Sandow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it the, the math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. And that's... I don't know that any of, any of the fan base is, you know, looking towards Sandow coming to the club like it's a bloody... It's going to be Christmas in March or whenever he laces yeah, yeah. on the boots for him. But you would think that with the amount of money that they're going to invest... Well, that they have invested in him... That he's going to be the type of player that is going to lead him out of these doldrums and, you know, opportunities in this game, for instance, that they just couldn't capitalise on. And everything was trying to, you know, again, it was all up to Jared Hayne to pull off the miracle play. I, I don't know that Sandow's going to bring that to the table a majority of the time, as you'd expect someone on that sort of coin in the halfback position. Yeah, I think, oh, you know, at the time they said they announced it. I mean, I agree, I, you know, I agree they paid overs for him. Um, because they, they created, or they had enough field position um, to create opportunities and turn them into points, but I just, they couldn't do it, and I just don't know if that was Chris Sandow running around in Robson's jersey that he was going to do it then either. That's that's my biggest concern for Parra. I just think that they're probably at a point now where they're looking forward to next season. And plus, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have Tongas in the centres. Well, it looks it's looking them, increasingly yeah. likely. So likely, I mean, isn't it? there is going to be extra strike power, you know, all over the park for them, yeah, you know, in some key positions. Um, and Jared but if Hayne, you think the Eels, if if you think Eels fans have got it bad, yeah, imagine being a Sharkies fan. Yeah, well, they they, they inherit the Robson. Yeah. After um, inheriting the uh, the the uselessness of Wade, I don't know what Sharks the... fans are looking forward to, but hopefully. It's probably the, the local noose manufacturer. <laughs> I don't know what Robson's going to be doing discounts. anyway because, I mean, you'd assume that Kelly comes back, Graham holds his position, you know. Graham's not going anyway. No, exactly. He's been so, one of their best players. Exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, that Robson's going to see a lot of first grade. Maybe he can be the hooker instead of John Morris. Fuck, they got some hookers. <laughs> mentioned it before. But really, if it if it wasn't for Joel Romlo, a.k.a. the Ottomans' appearance, this game was, was dead set, still knocks... Mixed with a Vuvuzela. Yeah. Coma reducing. And quite honestly, Channel 9, you're welcome. Because I'm pretty sure the only interest that ever took place in this game was because of us. Spru- I'd agree. And, and, and our listeners uh, <laughs> spruiking the, uh, the, the onslaught of the Ottoman. 
great mate of mine is a huge doggies fan. Um, had his first baby. Well, sorry, had his first baby. Had his second baby. Um, on Friday. Called it the Ottoman. They did, they did not call it the Ottoman. Where's this story going? <laughs> <laughs> it means nothing to me if you didn't call the baby the Ottoman. But <clears throat> went to see him on Saturday, and I said, "How about those doggies, eh?" He goes, "Oh, fell asleep." <laughs> and that is a true indication of the entertainment value in this game. Agreed. Okay, let's have a look at the old Twitter. I'm sure it was probably as quiet as the game. Chris Wargren, deluded individual, doggies fan, no doubt, says, the dogs are back, baby. Nothing sweeter than beating the eels in extra time. Take that lame plane. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is a very... I mean, I'd like to see fans that are, you know, enthusiastic about their club. But, um, yeah, what? Okay, then we've got Berkeley underscore Eagle, manly fan, sent a message to us and Paraman 1973. <laughs> Hash, LOL, para, blue and gold, always fold. Uh, certainly, the last two weeks, I, I would I would probably agree. Another Parramatta fan, Cage 007, says it feels like I've been kicked in the nuts two weekends in a row. Damn you, eels! At least it would if he had nuts. Exactly, and also better known as uh, Fooey Fooey's uh, sister sister's stand-in stunt double. <laughs> um, and what have we got? And we've got a, a reasonably rational tweet from Paraman 1973. And I say that given that we're going to play a voicemail he sent us later on in the show. Yeah, this week we have no excuses. Dogs fought hard and won fair and square, except for the fact they had 14 on the field all game. Gronkson in capitals. Big fan of Robson. He's the, probably the biggest fan of Robson. Jack underscore JC underscore Ribeiro. A new tweeter, a I think. Very I can, exotic name. It does, does. It takes, takes me to Rio. <laughs> Did Janeiro. Where my JC? <laughs> Where my JC smiles at me, I go to Rio. And he says, attention, S. Kearney. It's not good enough. All para supporters deserve more effort and structure. This cannot continue. Sounds like he's the CEO of football, <laughs> and he's telling and he's telling the Eels how it's going to be. So got to love that. And actually, we got another one from that game. CK Twit feed Captain Kickass, the president of the Joel Romolo fan club on Facebook, Great said man. that uh, Joel's hit was so good on Fooey, I rolled over and had a cigarette after it. <laughs> love it. Fooey was flat out. Yeah. And the great man yeah. stood there like a little soldier. And stopped him in his tracks and sat him on his ass. Took what he had, turned it around, and axed Gave him with it. Gave it back with interest. Exactly. Like the Ottomans do. Like an Ottoman does. Yeah, that was much better said. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along to the next game, Friday Night Football game number two, the Melbourne Storm 26. Pumped. The Brisbane Broncos, six. Melbourne shot straight out of the blocks, scored their opening try through Maurice the Good Blair in only six minutes, in the six minutes of play. Unfortunately, though, for the Storm, that was it for the first half, and it wasn't until right before halftime that we saw some more points. A controversial video ref call awarded a try to Jarrell Yao Yi. What were your thoughts on it? Well, at the time, I was like, that's unfucking believable the worst fucking video ref decision I've ever fucking seen in my life. And everyone's like, yeah, right on, I agree. But on further consideration and, and seeing it a few more times, it was ugly as hell, but the ball was sitting on the ground and he did put touch it. And so really, I mean, you know, it didn't bobble off him, you know, because it sort of came off the defender, who I forget who it was. Mm. Um, it came, you know, it came off the defender, you know, probably Slater or something like that. Um, 
and then was on the ground and he was sort of lying next to it and he just sort of put his hand on it. So, yeah, I think it was it was ugly, but I mean, I, you know, I guess you got to award to it. To let over the law, it was a try. Yeah, yeah, it just looked really ugly. I think that was the problem. I thought initially that they were trying to claim that Wallace scored and I was like, there's no, no fucking one, way yeah, Wallace scored. Exactly, exactly. And that's, I actually tweeted at the time, so imagining that you've grounded the ball is enough these days. Yeah. Because Wallace was nowhere near the ball. Yeah, exactly. But then, much like yourself, the more times I looked at it, I still have a bit of a, when the ball does hit the ground, I'd, I'd probably need to have a look at it in super slow, but I'm pretty sure the ball bubbles off Yowie's hand first, and then before it, it starts rest, before it gets yeah. to rest on the ground. But if it did, it, it could, he, I mean, he was on his back facing away from the try line, so like away from the dead ball line. So if any, I mean, it would have to be back. You know, call it if, back yeah, yeah, if it did, I mean, it would have been back. But yeah, I the 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 grazing action of his fingers is is downward pressure. We've seen, yeah, you know, the tip of a finger touching the ball being classed as groundward pre- downward pressure. So you can't really, as far as the grounding of it goes. Again, it was ugly, but yeah, you give it. Yep, I agree. Okay, um, and Corey Parker added the extras to that try. It was six all at half time. Cameron Smith broke the deadlock with a Jamie Soward special penalty goal in the second half, giving the Storm a lead that they would not relinquish. And in fact, they extended it massively through some great tries from O'Neill, Cooper Cronk, and Blair getting his double right on full time. Smith was a laser with the boot, kicked five out of five on the night, and the Storm won in impressive fashion, 26 points to six. Yeah, this game was a stark contrast to the... Doggy's Eels game. Yeah. <laughs> two lesser, you know, in the previous game, it was two lesser lights of the comp sort of starting to gum each other to death. This game was a cracker. I really enjoyed it. I think the school line probably didn't really do the, the Broncos any justice. They certainly tried hard, but I think Melbourne showed that they're probably close to the benchmark for this season to date. And they showed against the Broncos a, a top four opponent that they were head and shoulders above them. Yep. And, it's really only they showed that you know they set themselves apart, and it's really only St George and Manly that are anywhere near them at the moment. And St George didn't go real flash on this weekend no. or last weekend, and and you know we'll get to Manly, but they were they were convincing in a lot of ways. But Melbourne's performance with their defence, Brisbane threw a lot of enterprising attack at them. You know a lot of second man plays, a lot of decoys. Um, I thought their kicking game was reasonable, but they just couldn't find a way through. Yeah, exactly. Brick and wall. Melbourne, sometimes you'll find sides that have really good structure um, and you'll get teams, much like the Tigers or people like that, that throw that unpredictability and teams, they have that good structure. But once you break the structure down and they've got a scramble, they don't do that so well. Yep. And that's their weakness. Yep. Other teams seem to scramble much better than, than they do in their set structures. And but Melbourne just doesn't seem to fluster them. Their structure is is peerless at the moment. And then when they do, you know, when they do come against quality attack and they do get broken down and and, and split, then the way they come across in cover and and yeah. their communication in defences, like you got to work hard for your points. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the Broncos aren't chumps and. They only managed six points in this game, and that try was dubious at best. So, yeah, yep. that's a pretty impressive performance for mine. No, I agree. It's very impressive. Maurice Blair, his resurrection at Melbourne. I, I always thought he was a good player at Penrith. I thought yep. he was a good defender, really strong, tough sort of kid. But his res- resurrection at Penrith, 
quite the comeback story. It is. He was probably staring. I, sorry, I bought, I bought him for sweet fuck all in Supercoach yeah. as well, and he he pulled off about ninety something points for me this week. And that's so, always a good indication of <laughs> of, <laughs> of you know where it plays out in the NRL. Oh, it, it, it absolutely is. If if they're in my Supercoach team and they please me. Yeah. They must have had a great they game. They must be good. Because <laughs> I'm a hard marker, as Robbie Farrell will find out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you got him in your side. I know. But well, not for long. He could easily have been a Dane Laurie scenario. He could have been. But, jeez, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, put Dane Laurie in the storm and watch. I'd, I'd imagine, you know, if Bellamy got his hands on him and kept him, you know, out kept of trouble. Kept his head on the, on the yeah. game. Just super. He looks fitter. He looks faster. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing outside some great players. Came in as essentially just as like a, an origin period filler, you know, filler yeah. and he's maintained his position. Yeah, uh, playing awesome. And he's like, admittedly, it was a pretty ordinary attempted tackle from Jack Reed to give him his first try, but he certainly backed up well um, when they break free down the right yep. for, for his second try and yep. ran away, and no one got near him. So exactly, he must have had a few head knocks, eh? To be wearing headgear these days. Yeah, I don't know what the hell, why why the headgear came out all of a sudden, but um, this is not the first one this week to no. just wore the headgear when he ordinarily wouldn't. Um, Do the Broncos have another level, or have we seen the best of them? Well, the last couple of weeks, I think they've fallen away massively. So remember, their defense was like the feared thing, and they hadn't had a try scored against them in X amount of halves of football, and yeah. blah blah blah. And yeah, I, you know, I. Their defence certainly uh, isn't as good as it was at the earlier stages. I mean, can they bring it back? Of course, they probably could. Will they? I don't know. If they don't have another level to get to, I don't think they're going to win the comp. Guys like uh, Jack Reed have been super quiet in the last month. Um, as you'd expect from a rookie, though. It was yeah. hard to maintain where he was at. I suppose. But, I mean, it's not like he's a forward or anything either where he's like getting smashed, you know, week in, But he was out. he was killing it. There was games yeah. where he was untouchable. Yeah, yeah. He's far from that at the moment. And uh, hopefully against the Sharks this week, he can... Uh, you know, have a good training run to become more untouchable. <laughs> um, you got anything else there? We go no, to Twitter. Twitter, Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Storm and Bronx clearly showed why they're in the top four. Dogs, Eels was garbage compared to this game, although not helped by the rain. So he's commenting on all the games. Wow, Broncos fans usually quite vocal, not so much. Well, the team got pumped by 20, we'd expect. Yeah, but you know. Crawl back into their holes, back under their rocks. <laughs> Super Saturday, North Queensland Cowboys 28 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 20. As befitting a game played at Skilled, it was an error fest early, but the Titans were out to play and they scored first in the 14th minute through a try to Zillman. Princey added the extras and it was a six-point lead. That lead was extended shortly after with Zillman again grabbing the try, getting his double set up by none other than our favourite Matty Schrammer. Prince was successful with the conversion again and the Titans were out to a surprise, 12 points to nil lead. The Cowboy comeback began shortly after with Ash Graham scoring in the 25th minute. Then right on half-time, the Tigers booted a penalty goal to extend their lead at the break to 14 points to six. Cowboys blasted out of the starting blocks in the second half, turning a half-time deficit into a 14, sorry, an 18-14 lead in the first six minutes through tries to Ash Graham and then Brent Tate. Titans, they struck back 10 minutes later with a try to Steve Michaels and with Prince continuing his perfect afternoon with the boot, they led 20 points to 18. Unfortunately, though, the Titans fell away late in the second half and the Cowboys retook the lead after two disallowed tries they got a try to Gavin Cooper and then with five minutes remaining they iced the match with a late try to Willie Tonga final score 28 points to 20 it was interesting to hear Choppy's comments last week on Matty Srama yep uh, he's a big fan yeah and I mean but you, you, I wouldn't have expected to hear anything you know anything no, else no but the way he described him as, as almost like a uh, Nathan Friend clone yeah yeah um, was very interesting but 
the play that he pulled off, his little dart out of dummy half and a pass to Zilman, albeit Zilman still had a fair bit of work to yep. do to get his try, and he did really well to get there. But Strama's contribution to that was that's the stuff of a season first grader. Like, not a rookie. He's only played... He wouldn't have played a half dozen. dozen yeah. yeah, he wouldn't half have played dozen a dozen games. first grade yeah. games. No, certainly not. He's going to be good. I, I mean, we've wrapped him up. But we've wrapped other players up on this show, and they've amounted to three parts of fuck all. To be fair, though, we—I mean, we wrapped up the Ottoman based on a game where he smashed people, which is fine. We wrapped up Rochester before and I mean, he was taking been, the field. It's been validated. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, well, let's face it. I mean, Trump. I mean, like we wrapped him up after he had a great first game, and then yeah. he was given further opportunities in first grade, and he's continued along. So, best of luck to him. Much was made of. JT coming in at half time and giving the Cowboys a bit of a spray yep. um, which fired him up to go on with the job in the second half um, I don't know if anyone else heard but apparently Matty Bowen didn't hear JT blowing up at the team because he was in the toilet <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> no I did not hear that yeah they asked Matty Bowen about oh what about what did JT say and he said, apparently he gave the boys he said he gave the boys a spray and <laughs> Matty Bowen said oh I didn't hear it mate I was in the toilet I couldn't hear what he was saying. I heard him yelling, but I was in the toilet. You know, JT's competitive. Is anyone else imagining Matty Bowen at halftime sitting on the toilet with a form guide and a packet of Winnie Blues? No. Just wishing JT what, would keep it down. I'm what, trying to concentrate in here. Why does he have to be smoking? Well, isn't it what you do when you read the form guide? I don't know. I don't know. I don't read the form guide either. I guess so, because I don't smoke, of course. <laughs> Makes sense. So I was right. Obviously, they took some notice of JT's um, contribution at halftime, his halftime pep talk. And the try that Cooper scored, that was super fast hands to get get the winger away. Um, and Fi-Fi Law put in a beautiful inside kick. It was players pushing through either side of the ball. And Ash Graham, of all people, come from the other wing to pick it up. Yeah. And then and keep the play going. That try is a real barometer of the spirit in the in the Cowboys club at the moment. The players came from everywhere to be involved and, and yep. support each other and back each other up. And when they scored, they went nuts as they should have. It was a great try. It's probably one of the tries of the season. But um, I think it's that sort of spirit that's given him the you know the confidence and the fact that they've won two of three without JT. I mean, they obviously were unsuccessful whilst I was in Fiji against a rampant Tigers side that would never look like losing. Um, <laughs> they'll take that ratio. Yeah, you didn't see, you clearly, clearly didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll take that ratio for the rest of JT's career. You know, God forbid if he does happen to suffer any injuries. Yep. They'll, they'll take that every day of the week. Yeah. Two out of every three games. Absolutely. I mean, because let's face it, I mean, last year without JT. They were nothing. Rabble. Yeah, you know, exactly. dead set certain flogging. Good win for the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, everyone's talking it up like it's a really important win for the Cowboys. I think it is too because I mean, you know, they're away from home. Yep. They were down by plenty. By 12 desperate, points at one point. Desperate opponent. Yep, yep, Who exactly. disappointed me. Because, so, like, we've spoken highly of, of the Cowboys and their spirit and confidence in the club, but you look at the Titans on paper against yeah. the Cowboys away from home without no, their best player. Yeah. No brainer, you'd think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, something's not right there. Um, and, I'd, yeah, clearly, I don't know. There's obviously not going to be an answer for it I mean, this year. Clearly, the hierarchy of the club's busy 
pod, you know, being co-host podcast, they can't get the club wrong. Exactly, finger out chop. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd go to Twitter on that game, but no one had shit to say about it. Um, probably rightly so. I mean, not even the Cowboys fans, which is strange. I would have thought they'd be spruiking it up, but there you go. Saturday. I think they're two. just waiting till JT comes back before they get too confident. Until they start watching games again. They think yeah. they're expecting the worst, and they'll come back and go, oh, shit, we actually won some games. What? Yeah, well, I'm not going to talk it up until J- we know JT's back. And exactly. Then, you know. West Tigers, 19, defeated Sydney Roosters, 12. Tigers, first on the board in exciting fashion in the 16th minute of the game following a Benji Marshall penalty goal that delighted the fans at Leichhardt, as it was possibly the first time they'd seen him bang one over in 2011. The Roosters brought their characteristic Hang errors second. and penalty... Hang on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding, haven't you? <laughs> I can't. You let me. You're get just going to keep pushing on with this line, this tact, are you? Yes. Is that what you're going to do? Yes. Right. Eh? So I know. Yeah. <laughs> you need to ask. <laughs> of course, the Roosters brought their characteristic errors and penalties to the party and gifted the Tigers a ton of possession. Ultimately, rewarded with a try to Bo Ryan in the 23rd minute. Once again, Benji kicked the goal and it was eight points to nil. Tigers. See what happens when Bo's got headgear holding his brain in when it explodes. <laughs> no brain explosions. Exactly. It just <laughs> can't happen. It implodes and he turns out he scores tries. Um. Tigers, they started to dominate proceedings, but they couldn't capitalise. The Roosters getting some quality ball and field position and ultimately getting on the board through a try to BJ Leilua. They followed this try up with another only four minutes later to Aiden Gower. Following the conversion, the Roosters were out to a 12 points to 8 lead, a lead they took into the half-time break. BJ Leilua, right? For someone yeah. that makes a lot of fuck-ups, he smiles a lot. Yeah. He's very happy to be making a lot of errors. He's got that... Like that Oh, you know, I'm not going to say that that term, but yeah, he's he's got that smile of someone that's just ignorant to the world, <laughs> and just he has he's got no problems because he just he just can't comprehend the smallest things. <laughs> um, now. <laughs> The standard of play didn't elevate at all in the second half, and in the Roosters' case, it got much worse. And in the 47th minute, the Tigers tied the game through a try to Liam Fulton, and with the conversion from Benji, they went ahead 14 points to 12. Five minutes later, Tigers were in again through Blake Ashford, giving him a six-point lead, which was lucky because Benji reverted to his goal-missing standards. Scoring was completed five minutes before full-time when Benji kicked the field goal, putting the Tigers ahead with the final scoreline of 19-12, like Benji Marshalls do. Still not getting enough out of Robbie Farrow. Given his, Getting dead set nothing out of Robbie Farrow, I swear to God. Injury. And I think Robert Louis... He's just a straight delivery mechanism from dummy half now, moment, Farrow. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got nothing you could switch to... You could dead to, set put John Morris there. <laughs> same same impact. You're a fucking idiot. Oh, John Morris can't pass from dummy half? I think so. <laughs> <sighs> fucking what? He might I not bother? be able to make why a fucking schnitzel. Coming here. Sorry, I'm listening to your fucking bullshit. No, you're right, Glenn. You're right. I apologize. I know I'm right. I apologize. For what? For everything? No, for just, everything no, you've ever no, done. No, no, Robbie. For existing. John Morris can't breath. do it. John Morris can't do everything that Robbie Farrow can do. That's right. He can't make a schnitzel. <laughs> he makes a damn good schnitzel. <laughs> On the field, from what he can I understand though. Also, <laughs> it's he's obviously being hampered by his injury, and the fact that. All our uh, former backup hookers are now playing at the Sharks. It's not, yeah. it's not a good sign. No wonder he has to keep playing. Can't get <laughs> surgery. The Tigers, they played a very controlled sort of game and um, their completion rate was phenomenal. I think it was um, yeah. 32 from 36 or something. Yeah, 31 from 36, I think yeah, it finally it ended up being. Yeah. Phenomenal. I think... Based on what they've they've shown this season, that was that's a good step to take. They they need to 
get back to basics in a lot of ways and, and control the tempo of the game and you know get good field position, build pressure, complete their sets, um, have a good kick and kick chase. It's not rocket science. But, but I don't think they actually, I don't think they necessarily did that in this game. I mean, they complete their sets, you know, no doubt about it. But I mean, they weren't the, the kicking game wasn't that great. They weren't gaining that much field position. It was like they did all the completions, but they didn't really fucking do anything with it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why they're focused. They're, they're focused on on the control and completing their sets. But that'll get over the roosters. That's yeah, no dramas and the, and the lesser lots. But mm. they, you're going to have to look. I think we'll see some of that unpredictable attack now that they have got a couple of wins. The whispers that were, you know, about instability in the club sort of aren't as, as prevalent as what they were yep. but a few weeks ago. And they'll draw confidence from that. And I think with that confidence, they're going to have to start to chance their arm a little bit against, certainly in the next two weeks, against quality opposition um, in order to win. Because basically, you know, that against Manly and the Dragons, for instance, our next two opponents, they're going to control the ball as well. They're going to play field yep. position. They're going to complete their sets. Um, they're going to have a good kick chase. So it's up to the Tigers to show that their strength is, is attack and that they can score points against anyone when they're on their, on their game. But with that comes that unpredictability. Mistakes. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying they're not going to make mistakes. They've all this season. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they try to chuck it around, the out on the fools. I think it's clear that um, the Tigers of the last two weeks is, is just laying the foundation for the next two weeks, which will then flow into the to the final four weeks of the season. We'll finish the season with an eight-game win streak, uh, heading into the finals <laughs> with all the momentum, probably in the top four home finals. There's only four games between round 22 and the finals, so the most you're going to get is four because, I mean, you're certainly losing the next two. Okay. I understand how you think that, Nathan, and I understand you don't have the capacity no, I, I actually, to look I know and analyse at the level and the, the extent that I do myself because I <laughs> operate at a, a far higher intelligence level than yourself. Where you only, where you only look through uh, through uh, Guantanamo orange goggles <laughs> and, it, and it puts this weird distorted <laughs> We shall see. We shall see just how prophetic. You put the orange glasses on and then be. it's like Avatar and all you see are these fucking cats running around. And actually doing good stuff when, when in actual fact they barely got over the top of the Roosters, who were the worst defensive team in the competition. This was the, the Roosters' best performance of the year, mate. In a team that features the current Dally M medalist, a New South Wales <laughs> representative halfback. I mean. Oh, and who works in sales? Sorry? <laughs> who works in sales here? <laughs> You've clearly sold yourself the, the, the big picture, but um, yeah. It's... You know, we've got all our players back, our left edge is, is back and starting to fire. Uh, and and it's obvious that they not... haven't gone to the left edge as much as, as what they would have last season. Because they're no good. Cause, excuse me, sorry? You heard me. <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> you want to fucking hope I heard wrong. <laughs> no points getting... I think you'll see the Leaking the points edge. and not scoring any. I think That's you'll the see left the, edge is the best. left side attack of... Uh, well, it won't be Lottie Takiri, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Left edge ain't back anywhere, man. Yeah. We'll see. Left edge is back in Fiji. He'll be a late inclusion. Late in, in he Fiji. He heard I was in Fiji. In Fiji He's gone back at, over. Oh, it's all just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> He'll fly back. He'll be named as a late inclusion. It will be good. Now, have you got anything else to say? Because oh, there's a couple of uh, guys on Twitter about this one. Uh, a bit of a contentious issue with the Roosters blowing up about a pass. It was 100% okay. 100% okay. Yeah. 
100% clean line break with uh, cover from the sides, but certainly no one oh, in front. Martin would have brought him down, no dramas, mate. From a standing start moving forward against the grain of the guys, there's no it's way. Tim Maltzen. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He, he only had like half the field Wouldn't to Wouldn't have made traverse. a fucking ounce of difference to the result. They should shut up. Would have been under the sticks and it would have been tied 18 all. So, um, wouldn't have made a lot of difference oh, to the result, I'd imagine. Well, not really. And and then, still would have won by a point, wouldn't we? Then it, well, no, then it would have, you would have got a field goal oh, and then Braith would have kicked the field goal from 50 metres out and then it would have gone to extra time and, you know what? If and then you Liam would have thrown a massive intercept to two days and he would have ran and scored over in the fucking left corner and then you'd be sooking and jumping off buildings again. Oh, God. The if, end. Twitter. If you were less of a fuckhead, people might like you better too, but neither of those things happen. Why do you have to bring personal stuff into it? I'm just talking facts. Loz Australia. Tigers fan, I believe, said, here's your Tigers match report for next week. Fucking Bo, fucking Ryan in the fucking forwards, fucking fuck to the fuck fuck. I think that was before the game. I don't think, but no. I, I that think, was when he got put into the forwards. I think that, I think, th- th- yeah. When but Utah he, came on. Clearly his position changed, though, after the game. Because I think I did see a tweet later on. Um, where do we have here? We've got some other Tigery ones going about. Where are we? Or not? Nothing. Oh no, Australia. That other one he came through. It wasn't about the Tigers. Well, there you go. So um, clearly, um, I cared about the game more than the, the listeners. And I mean, shit, my care factor was low. I mean, it was on, and I was sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> you watch it just to gain ammunition with which to bombard me with. Just to count how many kicks Benji missed. <laughs> <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> We'll see him and he misses missed, this week. He missed, uh, Zero. Well, I mean, I don't think he'll have a chance to line any up. I mean, let's face it, if he wants to kick a consolation goal at the end of an ass-whipping, I mean, be my guest, but I think you guys will probably want to try for the six. You might be so demoralised about, you know, not being able to get over the, you know, the Berlin Wall. You might you might say, look, you know, we'll fucking, we'll just try and, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just ha- attack them two it. points at a time. Cannot wait. But, uh, Cannot yeah. Wait. <laughs> I mean, either. Um, okay, what was the next game? Oh, of course, how could I forget this gem? Saturday, Newcastle Knights 18 defeated the Cronulla Sharks 0. First half Cronulla. If it wasn't for the Bulldogs' ears game, this would have been the Vuvuzela of the round. Yeah, and I mean, this is still a strong contender, even though there were more points scored and everything. I mean, this is, it has a lot of arguments made in its favour that it could have been the Vuvuzela of the round. First half Cronulla looked great despite the loss of Paul Gallen, but they couldn't convert the dominance into points. To be fair, they didn't offer a lot in attacking genius, but in any case, Newcastle were up to the challenge. Um, the only points they got in the first half was a single penalty goal from the boot of Kurt Gidley, and it was 2-0 to the Knights at half-time. Yay, Kurt. Hooray. Second half wasn't much better, to be honest. Mistakes all round. However, Newcastle managed to get some points on the board. Two tries in two minutes was the real difference, with a try to Awate in the 53rd minute, and Hilda in the 54th minute, putting the Knights out of reach with a lead of 14 points to nil. The night finished off in blazing fashion, with Kurt Gidley kicking two incredible penalty goals to extend the final scoreline to 18 points to nil. No tripping the Uate parte. None. Colin Best obviously come under scrutiny for uh, lashing out his boot and tripping up the great man as he uh, was running in for his try. No pretty... bad trips at the Uate parte. Sorry? No bad trips. No trips whatsoever. No trips. It's, it's high on life. Yep, that's it. It's all it's all joy it's all it's all happy joy rides at the Uate parte. <laughs> no No bad trips coming from the tabs there, my friend. Definitely not. No gallon, no chance for Cronulla. Um, and oh, I've got to say, it's as much bit, as it pains me fair. to admit it, yeah. Gidley proved the difference <laughs> yeah, well, in a shit game. Yeah, yeah. 
I was going to say, the Sharks, I mean, like, in the first half especially, they did okay. I mean, like, they had forwards, a crack, definitely. The, the, the gallons of the sides and the gallons replacements of the sides, they did their job. But when they got down into the strike zone, they did. They just had just no creativity. I mean, yeah. and it wasn't like the Knights were putting on amazing defence. It was just the Sharks were putting nothing on. There was no yeah. difficulty at all in reading it. I think it's pretty obvious that neither of these teams are really going to trouble the contenders when it comes down to it, regardless of whether they make the eight or not. So um, this game was probably evidence of that. Um, and the less said about it, the better, I reckon. I agree. But we will let people on Twitter have their say. And um, there were a, cu- a couple of people who did actually have their say on this game. Barjas Hansen, Newcastle Knights fan. Why are the Knights always in the Vuvuzela of the round? Oh, hang on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What else do we have here? I don't think we have any... Wow, well, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. So I'll leave a bit of a gap. And that was all that the people had to say. Well, I mean, it's kind of kind of glad in a way. I mean, it means that they commented, you know, commensurate with the quality of the game. And so the fans have spoken. Next game. Sunday, over to Sunday football. First game, New Zealand Warriors, 48. Defeated, molested, you choose. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, 16. Well, Warriors start off with some great defence, forced an error from the Rabbits in just the fourth minute, and from the next set of play, they began <laughs> they began to score at a rapid, massive rate. Bill Tupo scored a superb try, scored... Uh, Deep in the in-goal area, got the ball down brilliantly. That was bullshit. I fucking <laughs> can't believe you did yeah, bu- that. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. What you're saying is, is bullshit in terms of um, you can't believe how he, how he managed yeah. to do it. Um, because I remember, was it, uh, it was, I believe it was a try in the Manly game we'll get to, it was just bullshit in, you idiot, you nearly blew the fucking try. Yeah, exactly. You're putting it in just in the dead ball line. No, I just, but yeah. I just looked at it and went, Oh, bullshit, he didn't just It's do funny that, how he, he sort of just like stopped on a diamond and went Mert, and just stuck yeah. the ball straight down before he fell over. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine you could you could stop a unit like that on a no. dime like he's that. He's not a little bloke. No, exactly. You wouldn't think he's a former <laughs> gymnast or something. <laughs> it was it was very uh very uh gym, gymnast-esque though. I mean, um the way that he actually yeah just 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 stopped dead, planted it, proceeded his way over the dead ball line. Um the Warriors, they scored again in the 10th minute and they also scored in the 15th minute and they were ahead 18-0, racing the clock well and truly. And uh, the Rabbitohs, they were gone at that point. Um, the Warriors added their score, got out to a 24 points to nil lead before the, the Rabbits actually ran onto the field for the match, uh, sang their national anthem, started playing and uh, they got a try through Dylan Farrell just to add something to the scoreline before the halftime break. Um, immediately I after... I Farrell's rate like strike rate is as far as tries for games. It seems like he's he always scoring them. He seems to always get on the on the on the score sheet. Maybe someone can look that up. A South fan, someone who likes South. How many tries has Farrell scored this year? Well, in his like in his career, as far as well, he kicked, know, off, he kicked off with kicked like three off in his with first a, game. Hat-trick. As good as good and players he's had, do. He's had other games. Like obviously, he got two in this game. Yeah, he's had yep. other games where he's had multiple tries. So yeah, could be impressive. Could be the next Brett Stewart. He could be, but he plays for South, so not likely. Um, now, the Rabbits, they, they came out in the second half, obviously buoyed by the try just before half time, and the game basically, for a period anyway, tipped on tipped on its head, 
And uh, the Rabbits, they scored pretty much immediately through Chris McQueen. He scored. It was 24 points to 10 at that stage. And the Bunnies, they seemed to be making a lot of ground. And I remember the commentators we were saying, like, hang on a minute. You know, here come the Bunnies. However, the Warriors, they got back into the, back into the habit of uh, flogging as they were. And um, and they basically ground out the victory from that point. Um in the next 10 minutes, they scored another two tries, taking an insurmountable 34 points to 10 lead uh, before the Rabbits tried another comeback. As you mentioned, Farrell, he got his second of the afternoon and then the Warriors went right on with it. The beast, Manu Vadavai, got a hat-trick, like good wingers do. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of them were <laughs> actually airborne efforts, which is yeah. uh, unusual for the beast rather than the power they were airborne. Um, one of them was got weird too, the way where he sort of caught it backwards towards the line and, yeah. and ball down between his legs to get it over. Um the final scoreline wound up being forty-eight points to sixteen. Uh, Maloney, a beast on the on the goal kicking, uh, and being my super coach halfback, nice effort, sunshine, and uh, can good, kick on his can, day, can't he? Can he can? Um, great victory to the Warriors. Um, certainly cemented in the top eight now. I'd imagine. Um, I don't think four. I don't think top four is not out of the question mathematically. Probably is though, given the teams that are up there. But um, yeah, Warriors looking pretty good. Yeah, they sure are. I think they're more than capable of making a bit of noise in the finals, regardless of where they finish in the eight. I think they they play the style of footy that can trouble a lot of sides, but it's a bit like the Tigers. You have that that sort of knife edge that if they're on that knife edge, they're playing their best footy, but it, yep. it's only a, a degree or so left or right of that, and it, it's not real flash. So, <laughs> um, But on their day, they can beat anyone, the Warriors, looking super impressive. Um, Mateo's really found his groove in that side. Set up a try with his first touch. <laughs> yeah, was um, was was impressive in other areas as well. But uh, my only concern is, as much as I'm a fan of Sean Johnson, if they make the finals, he's going to be under intense scrutiny. Yeah, and he's going to be under a whole lot more pressure than what he is at the moment. Even though teams are obviously identify him as a young sort of rookie halfback, so they're going to go after him, but. That only gets turned up even further in the finals, and yeah, yep. In his first season, that's a lot to ask of the kid, but he's a prodigious talent. So if anyone, you know, loving his work at the moment, him. sorry, loving his work at the moment. Yeah, is he in your super catch side? No, he's not. He should be. He's in mine. I know he's in yours. Um, I've, I, I did think about getting him, but um, good player. Yeah, the, the problem is I've only got one trade left, and um. That trade is going to be used to ship Farrow out, <laughs> and I'm just deciding who comes in instead. I mean, it's a toss-up at the moment between you know, like Thayday and uh, you know, people like that. Um, the Bunnies' right side defence, though, was it was bad. It was really fucking is, bad. It was atrocious. And their defence up the middle wasn't a whole lot better. And I mean, this is not the first. I mean, they're like Manly's exploited their uh, their right side in both games this season, um, scoring most of their tries down there. Um, it's just bad. Terrible. They've got to do something about it. Is that the Warriors... Uh, sorry, is that the Bunnies done and dusted this season? Yes. Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they weren't already, they definitely are now. Yeah. Pretty embarrassing defeat for them, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and like the fans have gone mental. They sure have. berserk as a result of it. They sure have, which is not unlike Rabbitohs fans, but they're especially... Especially rabbit at the moment. Yeah, and I don't think it's the score. I think it's more the way that they went about losing the game. I mean, they were like, for, apart from the periods immediately either side of the uh, the halftime break, they had they just had nothing. They didn't look like they were even in. You know, like wanted to be in the game at any stage. Um, There's a few seeds. Sorry, a few teams at the moment 
playing like they're looking towards 2012 or yep. certainly looking towards their end-of-season trip or yep. whatever they're up to. So uh, It's a bit of a shame to see, but teams like the Warriors are going to roll on and make the eight, and I wouldn't be bet against them making a bit of noise. All right, Twitter, I'm sure we've got something here. Of course we do. Backward sit, our New Zealand correspondent, game report, the beast is back. The Bunnies were smashed by a Warriors team more rampant than Ron Jeremy on Viagra. That's two Ron Jeremy references tonight. It's all about Ron. Does he, has he made a comeback or something? <laughs> Pardon the pun. Oh, and I like this one. Is uh, He sent another one in. Has Lottie got a hat trick? Manu Vadavai scored a hat trick as the Warriors beat the Rabbitohs 48-16 in Sydney. He could have actually had four. Yeah. He yeah. bombed one as well. He did. He did, as Manu's do. Um Dim Sim 19. Is this the first time that uh, we've been tweeted by Dim Sim 19? So the, I love a Dim Sim. I would have remembered, surely. The, the right side of Bunny's defence looked like a couple of blokes who won a raffle to play first grade, <laughs> <laughs> which is not too bad. And uh, Laws Australia. This is one of my favourite tweets of the week, actually. Match report. South defence. I haven't seen so many holes exploited since the last time I was left home alone with the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Uh, Dragons underscore Red V. I mean, yeah, guess who he supports. It's times like this that I thank God I wasn't born a Souths fan. Also means I was born with all my teeth. <laughs> and, oh, geez, so many, geez, lots of people jumped on this game, haven't they? Cruzy 06 didn't jump on the Broncos game, but he's jumped on this game. Yeah, nothing said, to say when the Broncos yeah, get pumped. Uh, the Beast did a Georgie Porgy, taking GI's pies and pulled out a hat trick, uh, pulled out a hat trick out of them. Okay. You know, there's left a bit to be desired there, but uh, <laughs> we'll move right along to the, the next game. Gist. We get the gist of it. Okay, Tad Pike. It's getting to the point where I'm experiencing a very slight sliver of a fraction of a doubt that this is the year for South. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I fucking love that tweet. <laughs> next game, Sunday, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 12 defeated the Penrith Panthers 8. Manly, first on the board with a masterful display of skillful genius from Jamie Lyon, going to ground in the tackle but keeping his arm off the ground. And when Coote fell off, he resumed his glorious run to the try line. Following the conversion, it was six points to nil. Penrith had a lot of chances in the first half, but the Manly defence was impenetrable and we went to Oranges oh, with that six hell. nil scoreline. What? Can you just do the same dulcet recap that you do for every other game? I'm putting excitement into into the into the reading. You're right. You're it goes into a lot every of reading. crap into the reading is what you're doing. What are you talking about? I'm just calling the game how it, it happened. It was a right? genius run. Impenetrable defense. And Hey, I believe I said that about the Storm as well because guess what? Calling it how it is, mate. Fuck. Don't call me mate. <laughs> what do you want just me to call you? Just read your fucking Sweetheart? <laughs> Love? <laughs> Cunt? <laughs> yes. Penrith, they kept defending well in the second half, but the, and they were first on the board in the 51st minute with a try to Lockie Coote beside the uprights. Barely got the ball down before he ran over dead ball line. Travis Burns absolutely benji the ever-loving shit out of the conversion. <laughs> you cannot call that a Benji Marshall. <laughs> and the, and the, and the scoreline stayed six Fucking points making a noose out of this ribbon. <laughs> hang yourself. Hang on. Use the staircase up there. It's probably high enough. You only need a meter to hang, dangle off something, you jockey. <laughs> do it off the door, mate. <laughs> now, Manly extended their lead through a try following a great break from Brett Stewart, finding Kieran Foran in support for the try. Following the conversion, it was 12 points to four. Penrith, they scored a consolation try at the end of the match and deluded themselves into thinking they'd make two comebacks in two weeks. And sure enough, they fucked it up. Manly won 12-8. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous game recap ever. <laughs> it wasn't long, though. That's all people ever really had to complain about. That's it. <laughs> From now on, I'm going to start typing out Tigers game recaps and reading those out. 
No one wants to hear that. Yes, they do. No, Nathan, no, no one, one wants to hear your manly bullshit, but you... Listeners of the show. Reject them to the... Listeners of the show, bombard them. <laughs> let, us, let us know uh, if, you, if you want to hear manly recaps. You just wait. Now you've brought the, brought the thunder down. Also, let us know if you want to hear me read out the Tigers recaps. Let us know. Of course you do. At full stop limited, need not tweet. There you go. You're going to get anything now. <laughs> Maybe that sports fans like Grunkle tweet, but that'd be about it. That guy's a legend. Tiger Benji. Anyway, subject at hand, motherfucker. Tiger Benji. Oh, Tiger Benji. Yeah, but he see, he's too smart to stay. He, like, he stays out of it because he, he even he knows when you're being a Gronk. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Other the, the way you viciously turned on him. <laughs> yeah, it's always good fun when I turn on Benny. It's great. Meanly overcome adversity, penalty counts, and a gritty opponent. It's that true. sounds like your recap. Ten three, yeah, you, you, very flowery. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Really did, did you say? Did you, you said bullshit in front of the penalty count? Didn't you? Bullshit ten three penalty count. Isn't that what you said? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty lopsided, wasn't it? And the and the possession was forty. Discipline, manly. I won't be able to do that this week against their opponent, will they? Won't they'll have carved to. up by forty. Won't have to. They're not playing. They're not. They're not playing at a uh, at a clearly biased uh, biased arena as Centibet. <laughs> <laughs> when you say when you call it Centibet, it's gives it a bit of a tone of... Uh, it implies like the match was fixed or something. It, and like man, it does and manly, a little bit. I didn't want to go out and say that. But... It. Um, word, word on the street around the, the, the whispers I heard around Centibet before that game was that uh, Manly were um, giving away 12-point start in that game. And the referees certainly did their best to try and make it happen. Um, and 48 sets to 30 for the, in favour of the Panthers. Wow. Absolutely motherfucking ridiculous. It says a lot about Penrith that they couldn't win the game. Yeah, it says a lot about Manly's penalty, defense too. Penalty count, all that possession, couldn't do it. All good signs for Manly, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to admit it. I think Lewis might have made a big difference to the game, if not the result, really. But just giving them that structure and that little bit of guidance and leadership that they obviously lacked and couldn't quite score points, despite having, you know, plenty of good cracks yeah, at Manly's line. Absolutely, you've got to give credit to Manly's defense as well. But I think Luke Lewis um, would have given them that that extra. Extra option and experience and ability and attack to, to maybe get something done. They only really needed one more try. You would yeah. think he would have brought that to the table and Manly would have had no answer and lost the game and I would have laughed. As you know, that wouldn't have actually been the case because Manly didn't get out of first gear the yeah. entire game. They did, they did what they had to. It was almost like the, they... Because I mean, in the media through the week, the, there was, was an article I saw came out that said that... Um, Manly were annoyed that they conceded, you know, letting 20-22 against the Rabbits um, the the week before. And um, they were pretty happy with Newcastle because those tries should never have been awarded in the first place. Um, and so they were kind of, the focus had switched to defence. And clearly that the focus for this game definitely switched to defence. To the point at the end where they showed no urgency really to, in the last uh, seven minutes or whatever when they were camped against their own line, there was no urgency to really stop, you know, like come up with the ball. It was just like kick went in goal. Smack it over the end, do a drop out. We'll just defend him out again, and that is basically just like tackling drills. Yeah, these are the wins though that come finals time, and when they're showing the highlight reels, and you know, in the big fluffy sort of lead up to mm. to the big games, they're showing all the all the great plays and the super tries that Manly scored over the course of the season. No one will talk about this game, no, and no one's going to say, you know. This was a, a really flashy performance where the Eagles put their best foot forward and played their their best footy of the year. But games like these are more crucial to to those big games and the performances that they put together in those games than some of their more flashy performances, like the Brisbane game, for instance. And, yep. And um, the doggies the week after you know, or whatever. They'll yeah. take a lot out of this game 
from the the fact that they could repel a, a reasonably uh, adept attacking team like Penrith, um, as you say, without really getting out of first gear. So it's very similar to the Storm about a month ago, where they went to a stretch where they only beat the Sharks like you know fourteen yeah. eight or something, and then they had a sixteen. You know, they had all these like three games in a row, which were, they were very close wins. Tigers twelve yep. four or something like you know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, good luck to Manly. Their run, obviously, it's not going to last any longer, but this was a good win, and hopefully they'll get over the next week's crushing defeat and and, and kick on and, and, you know, take some sort of role in the finals. I hope we I'd don't. Say, I'd say what they'll do, they'll, they'll, just, they'll, they'll won't get out of first gear for the next couple of weeks, three matches to go, Desi will hit the go button, and it's fucking over. <laughs> then teams are going to start getting mutilated. It's going to get ugly. Excellent. 40 nil ugly. 40 nil ugly? <laughs> yep. Week so, after week. So I'd hate to be I'd I'd hate to be uh the team that they play in round twenty six. <laughs> Over to Twitter. I'm sure there's fucking loads of Twitters for this one. Or not. Oh at Solzy, who made his debut uh, as a as a with listener comments uh, for a Canberra game. He's a Canberra supporter, but he's Fuck come in and said I'm on the Manly bandwagon. I love how they play and hope they win the flag. Great defence with the penalty count stacked against them. Now, that's what I like to see. A fan who realises his own team's fucking gone. And so he's like, look, I'm going to find a team that, you know, epitomises everything that's good about rugby league. And he's found Manly. Good job, Solzy. In underscore the underscore surf. We know who they support. Great win today for the Manly Seagulls, especially when up against Penrith and three one-sided refs. The refereeing was absolutely fucked. Agreed, agreed, agreed. (laughs) Nita Beater. I love Burns more than ever after today's game. His heart is still at Manly. Thanks for helping his win today, you little shit. <laughs> and then, then kiss, kiss. <laughs> That's lovely. It is, it is. Um, I don't know if we've got any... And here we go. Oh, Jeremy underscore Jack01, Manly fan. Don't know if it was one bit of class from Stuart or Burns' shocking kick that won us the game. Either way, Pertell is garbage. <laughs> and I know this has <laughs> come out of left field there, but um, I didn't think Pertell was that... That bad. The only thing I really remember him doing if you're was a when Penrith he, fan, Pertell yeah, is always bad. Yeah, but I remember we, I mean, all he really did in in this game was he made that break down the sideline and Brent Kite smashed him into touch. But I mean, he was fairly well covered. It was not I would like imagine that's fairly uh, embarrassing for an outside back to be run down by yeah, a yeah. prop forward. Maybe so. Probably so. Um, let's move on to the next game. Finally, Monday night foot bitch. The Canberra Raiders twenty four upset St George Illawarra Dragons nineteen. Dragons on the board early with a try to Brett Morris in the 10th minute of the game. Eight minutes later, the Raiders struck back with a try to Josh McCrone. Following the conversion, we were tied 6-all. The Dragons, they upped the tempo and dominated the latter portion of the first half with tries to Matt Cooper in the 23rd minute, Ben Cray in the 33rd minute, and finally, Mark Gaznia a minute out from the break. Jamie Soward must have been wearing a power band for this game because his normally reliable <laughs> goal-kicking was well off the mark, only nailing one out of four for a half-time lead of 18 points to six. Canberra, they came out strong in the second half and some early field position eventually turned into points when Josh Dugan scored in the 53rd minute. After Croker added the extras, it was game on at 18-12. The Raiders, they scored again in the 64th minute and were all tied up with 15 minutes to play. As we looked destined for golden point extra time, it was Jamie Soward who struck the field goal, giving the Dragons what appeared to be the win with only three minutes left to play. However, it ain't over until the fat lady or Ben Cray sings and the Raiders miraculously recovered the ball from the short... Well, I said, I didn't say he was a fat lady. I said, or Ben Cray. Oh, okay, sorry. Fat lady or the fat cat sings. Well, not fat cat, is he? Orange cat. <laughs> <laughs> and the Raiders miraculously recovered the ball from a short kickoff spilled by Buzz Lightyear or Mark Gaznier. 
With time ticking away, Canberra elected not to go for the field goal when they were only about 15 metres out, and instead they put through a cheeky grubber for Josh Dugan to pounce and score the winning try. Final score after the conversion, 24 points to 19. It's been a while since the Dragons has looked that flustered. Yeah, I saw an article in the paper today actually where they were set where the literally the title of the article it sort of showed them all like, you know, pissed off and it said, you know, Jamie Sowd went for a field goal with twenty minutes to go. Does that mean that the Dragons lack belief in themselves now? Fucking hell. That's a long bow. Just because it's a long bow to draw, but um yeah. It has to be said though, they couldn't kill the Raiders off like they probably thought they would have, should have. Well, I mean, put the conversions on, and that was it was twenty four six and game over. And even the way they were playing to get to eighteen six, I mean, they were fucking smashing them. Mm. Like it wasn't even a close game; it was looking ugly. I thought that they would run away with it. I thought that they'd be too strong. Um, and certainly, when they come out of half after half time, I thought they'd just apply the pressure, turn the screws, and Canberra would have no answer. But it was anything but that. Just I don't know. You got to give Raiders. Credit for hanging in. Yep. Build, you know, building pressure at times. And Josh McCrane, he's been much maligned, and he made some genius. fucking horrible errors in this game as well. Jeez, he made some genius shit that means that the error yeah. errors will never ever be spoken of or even remembered again. <laughs> <laughs> All they're going to remember is the tries and the kicks. <laughs> I honestly thought um, that he would bombed the last try. Yeah. Because they were obviously clearly seeing for the field goal to tie it up, sending a golden point. Yep. Um, and Dragons sort of got up quick and snuffed that out. And at first, he looked a little bit, I guess, while while he was waiting for a call or, or one of his outside men to give him a bit of an idea as to where they wanted it or what they wanted to happen, so he could get him the ball. There was a couple of steps there where I thought, oh, fuck, he's just going to die with the ball here. And I thought the Dragons would get up and snuff it out. But next thing is, is you know. He's obviously got the call from Dugan, or his, his head's See, sort I of think, cleared. I, and I think it was, I think it was a planned move, and I don't think it was that he was under pressure. Like the field really? goal was snuffed out. I think it was, he was just letting him get close enough to make, to put the kick into complete open space. Because I mean, he obviously knew people were going to be charging, you know, because they they yeah, assumed I that because you know, he was only about that's not know, the way I read it. He was, well he, right, he, but... he was only about five meters from to the right of the uprights and about fifteen or ten fifteen meters out. So. The field goal was the simple gimme option. Mm. Um, and obviously he knew that Dragons would have been sprinting off the line to try and prevent that. However it happened, it was a pretty gutsy call. Yeah, I'll give him executed, credit. I, yeah, definitely gutsy. Executed to uh, to perfection by both him and Dugan. So you've got to give him credit for it. They put their balls on the line and they come yeah. up trumps. Because, so. I mean, they, let's face it, I mean, they, they would have tied it. Easily from that range. Yeah, yeah very, yeah. very rarely. I mean, you know, people have their pot shots and they miss the ones from forty meters out, but you know, they rarely miss from that kind of range. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, he did take like a, you know, almost like a guaranteed golden point extra time game, and just fucking Turned just into a win. and just went all in on the win yeah. and came off. So he's a fucking hero. Did you hear Brandy in commentary say that Ben Cray is the best back rower in the competition? Yeah, he's not the first person I've heard say that, but everyone I've heard say that I've immediately put in the Gronk basket, never to listen to again. Like, come on. Uh, uh, Fucking come on. I mean, I don't want to be biased, but I'll be biased towards us two. Uh, there's, and there's two in Manly that I could say straight away that are better than him. And there's two in the Current, Tigers and straight away that I'd say are better than him. Exactly. And I mean, there's two in the Tigers I'd say are straight away better than him as well, because, I mean, he's that fucking wrong. There's probably two in the Cronulla side that are better than him. Well, there's at least two one in, in the two Cronulla in the side that's better and, than them all. Yeah. <laughs> what so, the fuck? Fucking give me a break. 
I mean, Brandy, nice, nice guy. Good player. He was a great player in his day. Come on. And I like him as a commentator. Until he said that. Oh, Jesus. He God, was ignorant. you fucking kidding me. <laughs> well, we've just named five. Off the top of our head. <laughs> it's completely, like, exactly. That's without him giving any thought. That was just reflex action right there. That shit was reflex. Fucking <laughs> Didn't hell. even think about back rows that played for Queensland either. No. You exactly. Got, you got all those guys as well. Unbelievable. Best back row in the NRL. You must be fucking kidding me. Best back peddler in the NRL. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. Maybe he meant back rower, like if he was in a canoe. <laughs> he rode backwards. <laughs> Who knows? Certainly not a fucking second rower, that's for sure. Papali and Harrison. Yes. Potentially one of the best running back row combinations in the NRL while we're getting when, hyperbolic statements. Yeah, well, when, when they're on... Unless I mean like Papali, I'm not I'm not slamming him. I'm specifically slamming Harrison, who hasn't oh, done a lot. Can run, yeah. Papali, yeah, can bust the tackle. Yeah. But I mean, he's been great every time he's been on the field since he's start. I don't know if he's out of favour there, but certainly compared to last season, he's not. He wasn't getting the game time. Yeah, but he hasn't been I mean, playing. He's, he was coming off the bench as well. And he's been playing like shit. That's why. You think? Yeah, he was disappointed. He was he was like the the anti revelation. I I agree. I thought that was more indicative of how the Raiders were going at the time. Yeah, true, but I mean, you know, you got to make your own destiny too. I mean, you're on the field for a certain amount of minutes. Fucking do what you normally do or do what you're capable of doing and shit happens. Sure. Luck is only so, you know, bad luck only lasts so long. But it I mean, explains away so looking much. forward to next season when Campo comes back, if he's got each of those guys either side running wide um, as targets for him, that's no, going to be... Campo will have to earn his place back in the side though. I mean, you know, once because I mean, you know, Orford will be recovered from his injury too. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting analysis. No, I'm looking forward to see um, the development of Papali in particular. We know what Harrison's capable of, whether he gets back to those heights consistently again remains to be seen, but um, potentially that's that's some really impressive strike pair out there for the Raiders. I'm just not sure. Like, this is a great win. I, um, I jumped off the couch, threw my phone. It was great. I enjoyed watching the Dragons. News, People I love watching the Dragons. I mean, Twitter was watching. I mean, there was a lot of stunned Dragons fans. Were like, "Wow, they 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 hate us." They, I do they have. Really, a, they really hate us. I do have a greater appreciation these these days for the way the Dragons play the game, um, and I'm not going to slag them for the way um, that they play. They they have changed things this year. They they do play a slightly more ex- expansive game, and it is better to watch. But I've got to tell you, it was good watching a little battler get up. Yeah. Always is. Well, except when the Tigers win, you hate that. They're not little battler. They little Aussie battlers just they're, trying to make their way in a tough, harsh world. They're silver tails. They are not fucking silver tails. Spending fucking spending two million dollars on fucking half decent props. <laughs> <sighs> like good teams do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and sending all their battlers to go and live in fucking Cronulla. <laughs> is that what battlers do, is it? Battlers live in Cronulla, yes they do. <laughs> they're the fibro tails. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on alright Twitter let's see I mean I'm sure there was a, a cavalcade of glee about the, uh, the defeat but let's rock up on the Twitter and see what we've got there um, actually that's something I need to bring up later so I'll bring that up now this is a tweet that's come across have you seen this tweet here from Michael Darren 79 he sent, yeah, yeah he sent two tweets he sent an original one pointing out player number 19 and then he's followed it up and said, but did you look at player number 14's name? So you look at the name, number 19, 
Shaq Prime. No way. I'm serious. The Ottoman better fucking lift because Shaq Prime could be our guy. I mean, how awesome is that shit? He's in the same team as Solo Alone. And yeah, number 14, <laughs> Solo Alone. Is this a team of just the awesome names or what? Fucking <laughs> hell. I mean, because, I mean, you know, we've seen Heck and Nanai in the first grade before. I mean, he's got an awesome name. But Shaq Prime is the best fucking name I've ever heard in my life, bar none. And There's also you... a name that's completely... I, I can't even pronounce it. Conrad... Taaki Moyaka. <laughs> that was probably... Taaki Moyaka. <laughs> I like Ta- it. Taaki well Moyaka. You're a pronouncing like. machine. Oh, actually, I'll be like Rabs Warren has put an N in there. Taaki Moyanka. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's what they like to do. Cool. Rabs. Um, oh, Shaq, Shaq Prime. Shaq Love Prime. It. If anyone... This is the word out here. If anyone knows Shaq Prime, please put him in touch with us because we need I to want talk... that motherfucker on the show. Oh, mate... I, I want to shake his hand. I'll I'll leave the show. I'll leave, I'll leave the show just so there can be someone that says, you know, I'm Shaq Prime and I'm Glenn or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> like start. I mean, they'd be worth it. <laughs> I change my name to Shaq Prime. Oh, you can't though. He's already Shaq Prime. You say, you know, oh, what? There's not fifty eight thousand John Smiths on the earth. Yeah, I suppose. Now, what have we got? Pat Sherlock, 89. God, it's great to see St. George lose. Also, Glenn Butchers was fantastic for the Raiders. He really was and good. Dugan will get all the credit. I was spewing about Butchers because I had him in my fantasy side early to mid part of the season when he started coming off the bench and doing jack shit. And now, absolutely killing it like a machine. Okay, Nita Beater again. I get so much satisfaction in watching Dragons lose like this. Am I evil? Oh, well. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're a manly fan. You're evil. Full stop limited. Let's give him a... Uh, a tweet. I'm so happy that the cocky Red V got defeated. Fuck Soured, Cray and Wayne. Nothing better than a defeated Soured. Priceless. <laughs> I was on Jason Gham PI. LOL at Souths. Uh, I mean, Dragons. <laughs> Everyone was just loving loving life with uh, this game. Paraman 1973. Not surprising that Canberra looked far better with Buttress at Hooker. With Fensum at Lock. Are we seeing the end of the tongue? The tip of the tongue, so to speak. Well, what say you? Um, I think if it wasn't for sentiment and and the regard that he's that Alan Tung's held with in Canberra, yeah, probably wouldn't be playing first grade. Possibly, he's had a lot of time out too this year. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, you got you can't deny the fact that Budgers brings a bit more of an up tempo style of game. He's a bit quicker out of dummy half, and he's probably yep. slightly stronger, although not as good a defender as Tung. True. Uh, and finally, we'll finish this game up with Chris Wargren saying, the merger getting their choking early this year. Let's hope it continues. <laughs> I love it. Then did you see my tweet? I threw out the provoke the choke when it was 18-12. <laughs> and then, bam, instantly they scored the try. Finally, it's worked. Thank you. You're welcome, camera. I just I just don't agree with using that anymore. What? They want a comp. You can't. We um, We've had this discussion numerous times. I just, I don't get it. The whole you, you understand you, un, you understand you understand the rationale. I do. I get where you're coming from. I just think you can't call them chokers if they win a comp. You can't be a choker and win a comp. You can't do it. It just means you, you didn't cannot. choke that one time. That's what I'm saying. Like for example, here we go. I'm going to speak hypothetically. Imagine just for a minute, put yourself into the character. Imagine that you were a fucking wanker. Okay. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Okay. Can you Hi, forget, my can, name's Nate. Okay, so say you're a fucking wanker. Yeah. 
Then, I am. I'm feeling it. And then, and then one night, yep. you get absolutely plastered drunk. Now you're a drunk fucking wanker, right? Yeah. But you wake up the next day, you're not drunk anymore, you're just a fucking wanker. And this is the Dragons. They're chokers. One day, they weren't chokers. But rest assured, the rest of their existence, they're always still going to be chokers because that 31 years is not erased. It still happened. They didn't get a time machine and go back and kill <laughs> and can kill the fucking parent of their <laughs> of the unborn of the unborn um, Todd Carney's. You, know, so, <laughs> you can imagine Ben Gray <laughs> looks into the camera. I'll be backpedaling. <laughs> Previews for round 21, 2011. Kicks off Friday Night Football game number one. The Brisbane Broncos versus the Cronulla Sharks. I guess a couple of weeks ago when they booked this game, it sounded like a good idea to have Cronulla in the big time because they were riding high in what would be a four-match streak. (laughs) Uh, They haven't done much since. Still no Gallon. Still no Gallon. I wonder if he'll be a late inclusion. I wonder when he gets... gets or whether the Sharks will just give up on their season altogether and give him an early rest for the season. Yeah, so it's, it's, one of those, um, it's one of those injuries where, you know, they say he's going to be back every week, like Brett Stewart earlier in the season. They say, they name him, you know, he'll be back every week, but then he's, you know, not Was back. it hammy or calf? Uh, for Gallon, it's calf. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, and they're pretty tight-lipped about how bad it is, but he, th- he thought he was a chance of... Playing, playing last, last week, week yeah, yeah, last weekend. But the story was he, he was it was Gallon, wasn't he? he? Was running around the his his room, you know, trying to prove that you know he jumping up and down, and, you know, prove that he could handle the strain of a game and everything. And the club doctor's like, no, you're fucking dreaming, mate. You're not you're not playing. As much as the, as much as we're gonna lose without you, you're not playing. As much as it's impressive that you're jumping around your hotel room naked, yep, you're still not playing. So now put your pants on. So Alex Glenn and and uh, Jack Reed to. Justify my love and get loads of tries oh against the Sharkies. God. Well, our love, really. You're going both sides. Well. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, I think the Broncos will win. I think the Broncos will win handsomely. You think? Yeah, fucking oath. If Newcastle can win 18 blot. Oh, yeah, good point. You Broncos win like 48 blot. 48 blot, yeah. I mean, honest to God, Broncos are going to win this 13 plus, And if you've got a multi and you put it on less of a win to the Broncos, you're fucking dreaming. Especially it's up in, it's in Brisbane. I mean, there's absolutely no reason at all you would tip the Sharks to win this game. Exactly and if Gallon's right. out, that's why I'm not. Yeah, and ordinarily, I mean, even with Gallon in the side, you'd, I'd probably tip against them pretty, you know, comfortably. Mm. But without Gallon, I, you know, no fucking chance in the world. Friday night football game number two: the mighty Manly Sea Eagles host the West Tigers at Blue Tongue at the vortex of ungrateful bastards. <laughs> <laughs> also, Brookvale semi north. The bear's resting ground. Yeah, exactly. It's the ancient burial ground where we where we gutted and laid down a bearskin rug. And ever since we've had and great painted it green. Ever, ever since we've had great luck at the ground. It's been, a happy, it's been a happy hunting ground. Once we once we killed the biggest prey there is, the bear, everything else became pretty easy to kill. The sleeping giant has been awoken and will uh knock off the manly sea eagles in this game. That's fucking bullshit. I understand that it's your team and you're going to be biased to them. So I appreciate you saying they're going to win because you said that every week this year when they haven't. So what, How many weeks have you said that Manly are going to lose? How many weeks have you said that? Fucking none. Um, Shut up. Yeah. How many times have we actually lost? 
Look at the ladder. You've lost games. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. How many games you I lost? I remember you lost to the Cowboys, legitimately. What I'm trying blame to... the refs. Oh, that was actually referees. I remember when you lost to someone else, legitimately, and blame the refs. No, what no, just blame this game. No, just blame this game when you lose. We're not going to lose this game. There's no fucking way. See about that. What's the bet? I saw some people asking. Haven't even had a fucking chance to think about it. Mohawk. What? No, fuck off. There's no fucking Mohawk. Scared. No, you're not putting a fucking bet on that you can't fucking do yourself. I can fucking grow my hair into a Mohawk. No drama. I'm looking at your head right now. I'm not waiting till fucking 2012. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, I mean, it's hardly satisfying because it's hardly, it'll be be like, it wouldn't even be a toilet brush. (laughs) I mean, seriously, by the time time you could grow enough hair to make, to carve into a Mohawk. Wait, taste your hairline. Your your hairline would be so far back. If I carved into a Mohawk, you'd look like fucking Bird off Sesame Street. Give me a month. (laughs) You'd only look like Bird off Sesame Street. (laughs) I mean, a Mohawk isn't like just one little tuft that points straight up. Hey, Bert. <laughs> I know you're not sleeping with me, Ernie. <laughs> Robert Ducky. So, on, so, so, so you, I mean, obviously, if I asked you honestly, you're going to say the West Tigers are going to are going to win the game. You honestly believe that they, they, you honestly believe they can win, and I believe that the West Tigers can. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. But you honestly believe that they will. Yes, honestly believe they will win. Okay, and what it's our we, biggest test of the season. They need. Well, they I mean, you played the Dragons up. and stuff. I mean, you've played. You, you know, you played the Storm. I mean, you played top teams. It's our biggest test of the season. It's your biggest test of the season for that, that you project onto them because it means the most to you. No, because you know what? We weren't travelling that well when we played the Storm and we weren't travelling that well when we played the Dragons. Not travelling that well now though either, to be honest. No, we haven't really beaten great opposition, but we have shown improvements in our own game. You are, you are, it's like you are better, better than you were three weeks ago. Yes. I will give you that. And I think that Sheenzy will start priming them towards to start looking to building into putting the sort of performances together that they need to heading into the finals if they are to make it which they're well, not exactly guaranteed at this point uh, in time uh, you're pretty safe because there's only a couple of teams that can hit you now I mean there's a couple of teams that, the teams that are out and like two to four points below are the teams that aren't capable like like South and Cronulla that I don't think are capable of winning enough to get in I think that he's he will have primed the team, and I think he'll identified this game and also next week's game against Dragons as a barometers as to where we are in the comp. Mm. Clearly, yeah. But B, two big statement games, and not that Sheenzy always talks about the winning and the losing. He's more about how they control their own performance and the results come. And I've heard him say that ad nauseum over the years, but. So I I really think that the team, much like they were um, in the finals, if you remember, there was they lost their last game of the season last year, um, and there was a few stuttering sort of performance, although they did put a few wins together at the back end of the year, um, got into the finals, and then against the Roosters, albeit in the 100-point game, yeah, for big parts of that game, that was their best footy they'd played all season. Yeah. And I think, that's not going to happen this week. Given though. the position that they found themselves in um, this season uh, to date, with some of their performances not being up to par as to where they should have been for various reasons. Yep. Um, semis have come early, mate. This is going to be two, se- two semi-final type games in two weeks for the Tigers. Yeah, but I don't think it, I don't think it's too early. It's too early in their progressive arc for these games for them. I think. <laughs> well, we've got I mean, time to put unconvincing wins together after these two games. 
that's I mean it's too early for you to actually put wins together in these games. And I mean, I think that you probably you're probably right. They will happen later on, especially because you've got teams like Cronulla and Penrith and that in your future, where you'll be able to do that. But it's not going to happen this two weeks because the difference between this week and last week it's much too far to jump. Then it's it's much higher bar. I mean, you need to work up to playing the Kings, and you're playing and you're playing <laughs> and and you're playing you're playing two of the top three sides in the next two weeks. And I think if you had them in, if it was around twenty five and twenty six. Then I'd be super. I'd be super worried because by that stage you probably would have been building towards something. And of, and if and if we had have had this game three weeks ago, then it would have been the exact opposite. I'd be like, well, "Fuck, you're going to go down by thirty because I mean you're playing like absolute bustards." I know that. Um, so this one won't be a thirty point win, but Manly, your defense, the Manly's defense will will comfortably hold out whatever Tigers throw at this stage, and probably force Benji into doing some of the silly things that he does, like kicking out in the full and throwing stupid passes that aren't on. Because well, I can understand off, how you feel that way, Nate. I can see where you're coming from. And I know how you've built that opinion. Through demonstrated fact. (laughs) (laughs) I know that Peter Peters um, has said a number of times on his podcast through the season that um, there was a few games at the start of the year that the Seagulls penciled in um, as games that they were definitely going to be up for and going to be primed and pumped and were looking forward to before the season had even kicked off. Yeah, and he penciled in the West Tigers as one of the games. Yeah, definitely. A little bit of bad blood um, from last season, and thanks, and thanks to the, some disrespectful behaviour by the West Tigers at the preseason charity cricket match. Yeah, there's that, uh, which we won, didn't we? No, we won. Oh, oh no, no wonder there was shit behaviour from Tigers. But apparently, apparently, some of the sledging coming from Tigers players was so filthy and out of line. That like it's just a charity thing, and there were children watching. Apparently, it was horrible. And the, and the Tigers were so shit that they that they got beaten because it was one of those. It was like a twenty twenty match, and Manly would lost a lot of wickets and were down a lot. And I think Matty Ballin just coming and swung the bat and, and did, won yeah. the game. And apparently, they were so pissed off at losing the cricket game, like the way it happened, that they just stormed off and didn't even hang around for any of the charity shit afterwards. I mean, oh, so why are you real, bringing this up now? It sounds like lies. Real petulant behaviour. Sounds like lies. Petulant behaviour from immature side. They're going to, you know, faced with faced with a mature, uh, well oiled machine, going to be absolutely bitch slapped back to fucking like Vale. Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to bitch slap them back here for? And then you'll be waiting with two boxes of Kleenex, saying line forms to the left, and then you'll be blowing their nose and drying their eyes for them in single file. <laughs> you think George Rose will get a run? He always fires up against Tigers. Yeah, fucking oath. I mean, actually, I know. I hope they start him. Yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised Because when Kite was injured and, and George was starting, I mean, they're, they're the best games he's played. Mm. So, you know, I'd be happy if they um, started him and put Kite on the bench. It does worry me a little bit that Lottie's not playing. Doesn't worry me. I just wonder don't, that we're going to have to find three though. tries. We're going to have to find three tries from somewhere else in the team. Fact that he is, scored the fact is, though, as evidenced by last week, even if he was there, Lawrence forgot how to pass the ball left. So it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deny it. There's no, like, Lawrence, Lawrence didn't give He's just finding his way. Rowdy's just finding his way. Maybe, a few weeks back. Maybe his hips locked in a position we can't pivot to take oh, the left-hand pass. We'll see. <laughs> so what's your prediction? Oh, Manly to win, uh, you know, pretty easily. You want to give me a score, champ? Oh, score. I'm not sure about score because, I mean... How about like, a margin? Oof. Oh, Tigers 13 plus. No fucking way. Manly 13 plus. Duh. Manly by about 14, I reckon. Um <laughs> In any case, however, however, whatever the scoreline is, I think it's going to be pretty easy. I mean, it could be four points like the Penrith game, but it'll be like, like as in the Penrith game, it'll be a game where you're like going, yeah, it was all in hand, nothing to worry about at any point of the game. They had nothing. Um, I can't believe you're not willing to put a bet on the Kicking out in the full. What's a bet? 
I just I haven't Name had it for thought, us, mate. Yeah, well, what are Name you going to do? I haven't even thought about it. Name it. I came up with it last year, motherfucker. Did you? Yeah. I thought, we, I thought we came up with it last no, year. No, it was all me. It's like you have to you have to wear like a... Shave your head. I'm not fucking shaving my head. You've got to Shave be choking. Mohawk. No fucking way. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything hair cosmetic related. Why? It's a fucking improvement on that <laughs> mullet looking ridiculous mop of a... How could it be a mullet? Your hair's longer at the back than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you so so basically after all that discussion what we've where we've arrived at is what where we, what, we've been for two years which yeah. is 13, 13 plus I mean because that's all we're both going to always say you were never going to say anything other than Tiger's 13 plus yeah. I was never going to say anything other than Manly 13 plus <laughs> exactly so the only thing that's so left so we spent is, like 20 minutes on this <laughs> look all we can do is throw it throw it to Tool Nation I'll see what people come up with. What's your suggestions? I mean, the, the only thing that people have come up with so far is fucking is like tattoos, and that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, I'm not going to manly tattoo. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what happens. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I'll get. And I'll I already get, have a Tigers one, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get a Tiger. If, if manly somehow lost the game, I'd get a Tigers tattoo. But I mean, whoever the cunt is that fucking suggested it would be um, paying for fucking laser removal immediately after <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah, forward same. to the Tigers I mean, coming of age this season, <sighs> showing their worth. They against did that, quality opposition that Manly are. They did that last season. And showing that. Remember last season. The Tigers play their best football. Remember last season when the Tigers were when the Tigers were flying Manly high. Had no and, remember when the Tigers were pushing for the minor premiership in second position and they played Manly who were busted and and uh, and fading badly and then they got flogged at Blue Tongue by them. Not quite how I remember uh, the, the teams at that time of the season. But anyway, <laughs> the cockiness that was displayed by you because it was a guaranteed win to the Tigers. I still don't know. Fuck this day, I still don't know how we fucking won that game, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was hopefully, and, I was the, and the shoes are the, the situations are reverses, and let's hope that the same thing doesn't happen because that would be that would be a tragedy for it'd be tr- like rugby league would be the loser if the Tigers won this game. Um, so for oh, the sake of for some the, would say, and so, by some I mean you. So, so for the sake of rugby league, uh, Manly, do your duty and and put these pussies to death. Matt Groat's been named on an extended bench for the Tigers. Worst name ever. Jeez, I fucking hate that name. It's what's going it's, on with that name? Doesn't make him sound attractive, does it? No, and just as well too, because he looks like fucking Quasimodo. It's just, it's just too close. Ring to, the bells, Grody. It's too, it's too close to groin or something. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's just one of those words. It's not an attractive. Gronk. Gronk yeah. <laughs> close to Gronk. <laughs> close to Gronk. He's definitely not a Gronk. He's a champion of the people. So who's going to be on the wing then, Bo? Matty Utah. No, he's Bo Ryan. Matty Utah, you bought the Newcastle player. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Bo Ryan's going to be on Lottie's wing. Uh... No, Utah. Utah was Lottie's replacement. Wasn't Utah Wasn't and Lottie he? playing at the same time on opposite wings? They were playing the same. They were playing the same. Lottie's time. only played three games this year. Yeah, but it, those three games, <laughs> Utah was still on the other wing, wasn't he? Fuck, you got me. He's on the right. Yeah, Utah's definitely on the right. Who's on the left then? So Lawrence is going to pass it to Bo Ryan. <laughs> fucking hell! Like the left hand side needed any fucking extra detriment. <laughs> well, I, I predict a big game from Jamie Lyon, uh, Hopper Junior, and. Glenn Stewart. I would suspect that <laughs> they're uh, going to cut that shit to shreds. Wade McKinnon and Mitch Brown are both going to be dropped off. Actually, there's no place for either of those, is there? Only I'd say Wade McKinnon's going to go off the bench, which will lead Todd Payton, Mitch Brown, Aaron Woods, and Matt Grote. They need the size of Woods, Grote, and yeah. also the size of Payton with his skill as well. Hopefully, the skill he demonstrated in the Titans game that would be handy skill to have. Oh God! There was a couple of dubious <laughs> play the balls from. Uh, Toddy Payton as well in last week, which I was like, which brought back some pretty painful memories of the Titans game. So, yeah, that's right, you were there. Fine. Yeah, go the Tigers. I go, can't wait for this game. Go I'm forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. In fact, I'm, and I'll tell you right now, Channel Nine. I'm watching an illegal stream because how ridiculous is it that this game 
with these two sides, which is clearly going to be, you know, I hope going to be the match of the round. I mean, on paper, it certainly has to be close. I can't see anything else that really comes close to it. I don't condone anyone watching illegal streams of rugby league. I do. Fuck what, Channel 9. They abuse their me? privilege. What time do you want me here? <laughs> <laughs> I could send you a link if you want. <laughs> um, you um, And basically, yeah, Channel 9, you've abused your position with rugby league. Um, invent a red button or something, or you fucking got an HD channel, put them, you know, do the viewer's choice thing. Put exactly. them back on at the same time. I mean, it's easy to do, and I, and I hope you lose the rights, you assholes. Okay, Super Saturday, game number one. Sydney Roosters versus the Canterbury Bulldogs. Wow. Yeah. I guess the dogs. Yeah, I, I reckon the dogs. I think they'll take a little bit out of last week. Benny Barber. The Roosters still have no answer to Ben Barber. The yeah. Ottoman, still there. Named in the starting side. Jim Dimmick. He's got to be coach of the year, Jim Dimmick. He's he's making a late run for it, let me tell you. Fucking oath. Just you know, purely by selection of the Ottoman alone. You just think, I mean, who's, coach of the year. who's the Ottoman going to kill this week? I mean, jeez, let me count the players. Jason Rolls. Jason Rolls. Fuck. Yeah, Jason Rolls, I'd just retire, mate. Do it now while the Could decision Could you imagine if, if Romolo puts a hit on Rolls like he did on Moy Moy? Yeah. It'll just be like some fucking pinata exploded. It'll be confetti everywhere. And lollies. Oh, they'd be like fairy flosses. Sour tasting lollies. Oh, fair, fairy flosses just go everywhere. <laughs> you could be right. And all the kids would just run out with sticks and just wrap it up. Like, yeah. Romolo's going to hit Jake Friend that hard, his tattoos will come off. Yeah. And Carney, for that matter, too, if he's fool enough to run anywhere near him. Oh. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. It is going to be a bloodbath. And I just hope that like, players that, that I like, like letters, I hope he just steers clear because I don't want to see him retired so young. Frankly. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Romolo's going into any letters. He, he he saw Fui at full pace and thought, yeah, I got this. But I think there'd be that mutual respect. Hard yeah. man to hard man go. Well, you know, look well, look this, at each this, other and go, look. This, this week in league to this week in league mascot. Yeah. And they'll be like... Just nod. Just a yeah. bit of a nod. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. I'm not... No, you, you take him. He'll look over and go, letters. And letters will look over. Ottoman. That's <laughs> how, how they roll. Yeah. Um, yeah, Canterbury. Bulldogs Easy. 13 plus. Saturday, Super Saturday, game number two, North Queensland Cowboys versus the Penrith Panthers. Cowboys 1-12. to 12. Yeah, I'd say so. That'll be three from four without JT. Has, has Luke Lewis been named this week? Uh, he yes. was a late withdrawal last week, so I'm assuming he's going to play this week. But... Yeah, he's um, he's been named. Okay. Well, hopefully, if he if he plays at Mayo, maybe it's a different story. Um, Remember the last time they played, they, the Cowboys had JT and Penrith. Uh, Lachlan Coots out for the Panthers. He was their best last week, so... That's true. He could make a decent tackle on uh, Jamie Lyon, though. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to Coot? Travis Burns is out too, isn't he? Didn't he do something like yeah, a peck or something? Tore his bicep. Bicep, or yeah. 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 So I think he's out for season, isn't he? After that, uh, I would imagine with that sort of injury, yeah. he would be. But I didn't hear any confirmation. So who are they? So who are they naming the halves then? Harry Saika okay. Sajka Saika. Show me. S e i j k a. That's not a real name. <laughs> it's like someone's got to fucking scrabble letters and throw them in the air and come up with nothing. They just grab the ones that they can't that they can't make anything out yeah. of. Just going, here you have them. Play that in Scrabble, you get about okay. two hundred. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know how he goes. I don't even know how to say his name. So I mean, I'm definitely going to have to go to the Cowboys, especially at home up in the dairy farmers, because their halves have names that you can pronounce. Exactly. Ray Thompson, Ben Jones. And unfortunately, one of the names isn't Thurston, which is very easy to pronounce. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I still think, you know, they showed enough last week, I think, to, to indicate they can probably get over the top. Matty Bowen, he'll he'll do it on his own. He's in Mango. great form. 
Mango's on fire. Yes, he is. Okay. Sunday football, game number one. Only two Saturday games, of course, because we've got the Kiwi game. Sunday football, game number one, New Zealand Warriors versus the Canberra Raiders. Based on Monday night's game, should be quality, quality. Yeah. Monday night hoodoo. Warriors uh, dispatched um, a defensively weak side in, in the Rabbits very easily. So did um, the Raiders. They dispatched a defensively weak side in the Dragons. True, true, true. <laughs> so, I mean, what, you, what, we, what we're talking about here, this game is basically a battle between the immovable object and the unstoppable force. <laughs> I mean, who, who will prevail? It's anyone's guess. Warriors. My guess is the Warriors by heaps. Yeah, I Possibly think, well, 13 plus. No way. The Raiders are putting that together two weeks in a row. No way. Yes. They played their grand final last week. Exactly. Sunday football, game number two. The Newcastle Knights versus the Gold Coast Titans. I don't care. <laughs> I honestly could not care less about this game. Knights. Stig's in the starting side, I think. The Knights are playing at home. They always lose there lately. Um, Titans, though, they always lose, period. <laughs> it's yeah, really not hard. doing a lot of winning the Titans no just, I just don't know about this game the Titans uh, have got a Frenchie on the wing Dominique Peru Peru that's right who's he replacing again I've forgotten uh, uh, Steve Michaels of oh that's right Steve the luminary Michaels. yeah that's right well I mean that, so the Titans side bolstered by an unknown Frenchie in the absence of Steve Michaels we oui, we oui, we oui. Okay, he so, could be the French Steve Michaels. And, yeah, this, this Bo Henry uh, Prince combination another week to work. Um, could be yeah. an upset. Titans could get this one. I'm almost convincing myself. Princey putting big high kicks out to the breadstick. Be interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm. 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 Geez, I'm always tempted to tip the Titans, and I mean, I know I shouldn't because they're, they're heartbreak at every turn. But nah, Knights one to twelve. All right, Sunday football game number three: Saint George Illawarra Dragons versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. Fucking do not waste a second, even considering the Rabbitohs have even one iota of chance of winning this game. God, I pity Dragons the, by forty. I pity the fools. If, if the Dragons are, are at all serious this season, after that embarrassment <laughs> against Canberra, they're going to make a fucking example out of the Rabbitohs. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. And uh, good. Monday night for pitch. <laughs> Parramatta Eels versus the Melbourne Storm. Oh, speaking of teams being made examples. Monday night specialists. I don't know which team. I'm just assuming that Warren Smith will call one of them Monday night specialists. He always does. No, Ryan Feeling. Sorry, Ryan it? Feeling. Um, one of the teams will play from in front, according yeah, to Warren pre- Smith. And I'm pretty sure that team will be Melbourne Storm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> For 80 minutes. For 80 minutes of the game. Um, the Storm, have, um, they they clearly went through a patch where they won a lot of tight games, uh, getting their defence in order. And now it's like a brick wall. They're sort of opening it up a little bit more in attack and starting to lay some points out. And uh, this will be no different. And they will put some points on the Eels. Yeah, I just I can't see it happening for the Eels. I can't see them getting anywhere near Melbourne. They'll get lapped. Melbourne are on top of the table. There's absolutely no excuse to tip the Eels for this game. Sure, the Eels might they might jag it, but there's you know it's just not, I mean especially if you if you're betting with your own money. I mean there's just no reason to risk it. Yeah, they'll as I said they'll get lapped. Yeah, twice. All right. So what's that? Twenty four to twelve. Ah, uh, it'll be more in the thirties, I reckon. Thirty six to. And the Eels might get a consolation try. That's about it. Okay. So there you have it. Storm on that one. Okay, a new segment. 
the This Week in League mailbox. Um, easier to get involved in this segment of the show. Um, basically, you've got two options. First option, and the preferable option for us, is uh, grab Skype if you don't have it. It's free. Set up an account for yourself. Once again, free. And uh, add to your contact list This Week in League. All lowercase, all one word, no spaces. And basically, you can uh, make a call to that account. There's a voicemail attached to it. Leave a message, 30 seconds a minute, don't go too long. And uh, yeah, best ones, get up on the show. If you can't do that, by all means, record an MP3 or whatever on your computer or on you know uh, your voice uh, voice recorder on your iPhone, etc. Um, email it to hello at thisweekinleague.com. There's another way you can do it. Um, this week, we've had two submissions from... Uh, on, on Twitter, at Paramir1973, of course, who else? And uh, one of the favourites from last week's episode, as far as user submissions were concerned, Garbs1985 himself. So we'll just throw it over to those guys, see what they sent us this week. Jeff fucking Gronkson. You are, without doubt, the biggest fucking retarded bastard I've ever seen on a football field. One, you have no idea how to direct the football football side around the fucking field, you cock. Two, you can't count the shit. Fucking brain dead ass what? You don't kick on the second fucking tackle and attack to the try line, you fucking idiot. Three, when your side has busted its ass to get in front with only a couple of minutes to play, you fucking don't deliberately strip the ball and give the opposition a penalty, giving them the chance to level the fucking game up. You fucking unbelievably imbecilic, arse ass fucking reaming, half baked, donut punching, belching, fucking hard. And Stephen Kearney, for the love of fucking God, please, fuck's sake, do not select this half witted fucker anymore. Fuck! And P.S. Jeff, cough, you owe me a new cat. We've been told that this independent commission is coming more than the poor little girl that's written on Jeremy in a porno. Far out David Gallop, it is so ironic that your last name is Gallop because Gallop is the fastest pace that a horse can go and you are the slowest moving prick in getting this thing off the ground. Oh god, it has become so obvious that you could not organise a root in a brothel with a fistful of fifties, you useless prick. Get this up and running. Hurry the fuck up. That is full time for episode number 58. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. During games, we'll let you know the match-specific hashtags to use as well. On Facebook, we have busted through 730 likes. I think it's about 733, something like that now. 734, I think. 734? <laughs> Pardon me. Way off. Yeah, I was fucking, I've got no idea. Um, so welcome to all our new Facebook friends, and uh, if you enjoy the show, make sure you spread the love around and recommend the page and the show to uh, all your friends on Facebook. iTunes, keep the reviews coming. Got a couple of new ones this week. Uh, we got one from uh, Cruzio6, not, not one that you'll enjoy, Glenn. No, uh, no I didn't. <laughs> Twilight Nation, uh, five stars. 
No disrespect to Glenn, but episode 57 will go down as one of the best eps I've listened to. Also enjoyed Choppy as guest host. Thanks, Nate. Much appreciated as a fan of Rugby League. That was just awesome. Well, he reviewed one episode rather than all the episodes, but um, five-star review, can't argue with that. Can't argue with it. I suspect he might love it because it features him. Yes. Great podcast. Five stars and the next review from Briz Bombers. The new franchise, <laughs> or prospective <laughs> franchise. Brilliant podcast. Influential as, well, influential as well. They forced Jim Dimmick to select Joel Romolo. Damn straight. Damn straight. So keep those reviews coming in. We love those. And obviously, uh, yeah, we like reading them out uh, each week when we see them. Website. Become a member of the Mighty Tool Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com. Hang out online with real live fans of Rugby League like our new friend Choppy who signed up the other day. I saw that. What a legend. Yeah. Also... Gain access to exclusive members-only content like bloopers from each episode if and when they happen, along with ringtones and stuff that we come out with from time to time. Moving on to tipping. First up, ESL tipping. Number one, the other one. No change from last week. He's got a slight lead over number two, Rich the Tipster. Uh, then it's about nine games back to number three, Tiger Benji uh, in third position. And then another little bit back to Warrior Bunny who dropped off the pace by uh, well, one position on the ladder. As you would expect. Um, yeah, and uh, just behind him in fifth place, me. Glenn, you're in seventh. Remember when you were leading the ESL by a mile? Forever, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you've fallen off. <laughs> yes, much like uh, tipping in general, really. But I am uh, getting quite close to the top of our uh, fantasy league. In table. one of them, yeah, I mean. Second and... Yeah, the thing of the fantasy league is. is oh, well, here we like, go. The, the thing I find discrediting is, my achievements. No, 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 I'm not discrediting as your achievements. Fucking usual. No, you've done you've done magnificently well. But moving right along, I just don't want to discredit you. I don't want to. I don't want to speak about the nature of fantasy football and discredit you at all. Good. But basically, it's like you know, <laughs> you're playing. You, it, 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 the, the key I've found is because I mean, you know, you're in five comps, aren't you? Yeah, five, I'm in five uh, four, I think. So. Uh, how are you going in the other? In all yours? I'm up the top in two and fringe of the eight in two. See, in mine, I'm I'm up the top in uh, I'm dead. I'm number one in one, two in one, three in one, and oh, I think I'm seventh, seventh in the other two. Than me. No, no, I'm not saying fuck. that. But the, the, the funny thing is, you see common names like uh like listener show um Cage. We're in two comps, the same comps. And in one comp, I'm about three places ahead of him. And in another one, he's like one or two places ahead of me. And it just comes down to, um, you look at who the other people are in the comp and how good their teams are. And then that's one factor. But the other factor is when you play those people as well. If, mm. if like if you play them in the early part when you haven't got your shit sorted and they pump you, yeah. then, you know, obviously for and against suffers and everything like that. But if you can get your team together and sort of get yourself to that top level where the other guys, because like, it's more important to look at the, the chain of wins like the last five games they have. Because mm. like your last five games, you probably won nearly all of them. Five and, and eight, yeah. yeah, exactly. And a lot of my teams are like a five and oh or four and one as well. But in the comps, the tougher comps, they're like three and two and yeah, yeah. shit like that. And so it's, it, it, sometimes it's really lucky. You need to play the good teams at the very end when you've got your team. If I mean, if, if, if you suck at it, you suck at it. I mean, yeah, if you got, and if at the end of the season when you do play a good team, then you know, you're going to get shit on anyway because you're shit. But... Yeah, there's a lot. I've noticed with the, the, the ebb and flow of a lot of the other games, like just the bad luck you have sometimes when you you come up against a top guy. Yeah. And fucking Corey Parker withdraws after you've selected yeah, him as your exactly. captain. Like shit like that annoys well, me. I don't know how I, I actually, I saw that I was still ranked two in the main, like ranked second, or I've actually slipped up to second in one of the comps. Yeah. Because um, you get the the email giving you the rundown. But I still, I left Gallon in my team. I didn't realise it was out. Yeah, last week I got my second highest score ever. And I had Luke Lewis in my team because he didn't pull out until game day. Yeah. <laughs> if 
If I had him in there, I would have cracked 1,300 for the first yeah, time. Yeah, easy. Motherfucker. Oh, because right. you, would, you would expect Allen would have got around 100. That would have put me yeah, up. Yeah, he's always 80, around 100, like yeah. 1,250 or something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. All right, NRL tipping. Number one, Fabsy, again, seven games in front She's of number two, Freak09, who's in second and no change there. Number three, no change, Bobby Bronco. She's a couple of games back from Freak09. Number four, S Jack V, a couple of games back again. And number five, me. And I'm like, literally from first to me is 15 games. Mm. Fucking, so like really, it's going to be, it's going to be won by Fabsy or Freak09 if Fabsy absolutely falls into the gutter, which I can't see. I mean, dropping seven games over, you know, she could go favorites over the next six weeks and not, and not drop seven games, I don't think. Exactly. Um, so if, I think Freak09, you're going to have to start, you know, taking some outsiders just to, you know, have a run at it because otherwise I don't, don't think anyone's going to stop her. And you are in 36th. You've actually dropped Fuck two spots. <laughs> Can't win. And um, Oz Tips, guys, give us your feedback about how it is in Oz Tips because not liking the redesign at all. Me I'm, either. I'm fucking hating it. And um, we've had people send us tweets saying, you know, don't use the next year because they're shit. You know, we need to boycott them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll so, definitely. I don't care what they do, even if they go back to their old site like they did last year when they tried this bullshit revamp. Yeah. I'll be. Um, conducting my comp 80 something people mm-hmm. um a paid comp yeah it's fairly embarrassing i don't have mm-hmm. a lot you know if you, had people, like, if, you had, if you had people's tips fucking up in that because of the changeover yeah like it's all over the place i've got emails are plenty when i got back from holidays so yeah um so yeah so if you, you know any uh any viable alternatives that you've used then you know that you enjoy and you know that they're better than oz tips at the moment then by all means let us know because we'll be looking to switch over next time Punk Club, finally. Punk Club, Punk Club. Everyone loves Punk Club. And last week, half of our bets hinged on a tip from Choppy that ran straight to the glue factory. And the other half were predicated on nonsense like Lottie scoring first try and Tigers winning 13+. plus. Neither of which happened, so Who we blew... Who the hell was putting those on? Well, I mean, I had a, yeah. I, I had an, a conservative multi of, of Tigers 13+. Just let, plus. Me, just let me check my messages here. Yeah, you went Lottie first try scorer, Tigers 13+, plus and a couple of other things. No, no, there. not me. It says that you did it. That's because it was my... Nate placed a bet. Well, well, well. Placed a bet placed, on Lottie first try scorer. I placed all the bets. And let me check my DMs <laughs> to see what it actually was that you sent me because I can't remember. But um, it was Lottie first try scorer, Tigers 13 plus, and then a couple other things. Yeah. But that was gone after the first... It was yeah, gone it was straight good. away. Gone after um, five minutes. Well, mine... Well, I, 20 minutes, sorry. Mine, I thought, was a conservative dead cert. Tigers 13 plus... Manly thirteen plus, Dragons thirteen plus. Not a single fucking one of those came yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Um, we are shit. Uh, better luck <laughs> we next suck week. Tipping. Better luck this week. Finally, competition time. As you heard, the shirts are just about ready to go. And actually, while we've been recording the show, I just got an email um, from the designer asking for the the, the specs uh, so he can take care of it directly with the uh, manufacturer. Um, so we'll get on to that. And so it's going to be time very soon to uh, draw the winner of the competition to get the number one shirt, this week in league shirt, that ever rolls out of our sweatshop. So rather than go through all the rules and add another five minutes to the ep- running time of this episode, uh, get your web browser open and point it to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash T-W-I-L comp. Bit.ly slash twill comp. And that will lead you to the page on thisweekinleague.com which has all the uh, the rules and regulations, blah, 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 and the ways that you can increase your chances of winning. Get amongst it. The designs look awesome. I can't wait to see them come off the production line and say thank you, Manuel, for manufacturing my T-shirt. Thank you, Namfok. <laughs> now you may eat. <laughs> Here is your weekly salary. Ping. <laughs>
$2 coin. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, so we're generous. With I thought we paid in bags of rice. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they're going to be happening anytime. I mean, I imagine that the, from the, when we pull the trigger on actual on the actual production, probably only take two weeks to get to us, sure. I would say. Um, so, yeah, not long at all. Uh, can't wait to get them. Get your entries in now because I would say that um, will we wait till we've got them before we draw it, or will we draw it when we put them, send them away for the production? Well, Doesn't matter. Get them and draw it. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, oh, because when we have to have them numbered, we'll have to number it based on the size of the person. Wants are we going to get that manufacturer to do it, or are we just going to get a local embroiderer to do it? I'll say we're just getting embroidered to do it after yeah. we get the shows. Cool. Cool. All right, guys. That is it for me this week. And me. It's good to be back. Welcome back, Glenn. Thanks, mate. Welcome back. You. Welcome back. Welcome but back. But I've been looking forward to this game all season. Have you? Yeah. Why would you, That's like looking forward to your own funeral. Why would you do that? <laughs> looking forward to get sodomized with a broken I bottle. Wait. I mean, I all wait. these things are preferable to what's going to happen to you on Friday night. We shall see, my friend. We, <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. And don't fucking... Whatever you do, you've got to promise me right now that when the inevitable happens... Do not fucking kill yourself. Don't do it. Like you care. Like you fucking care. Don't pretend to care, Nate. Uh, okay. We'll do it. Okay. Or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Don't okay. forget to come up with suggestions as to the bet. Nate doesn't want a mohawk, but surely we could get him to humiliate himself in some other fashion when the Tigers crush the Manly Seagulls. Keep in mind, it's going to be something that Glenn's going to have to do because I mean, there's no way Manly loses this fucking game. No way in hell. Anyway, we, we must have spent about 20 minutes just on that game alone. Definitely have, week. yes. So, so shut up and say no more. Okay. Go, man. <laughs>